Hello everyone, I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, kind of crazy. Um, and what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last, like, regular, like, story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap-up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up and, um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap-up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while, simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. Um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's. It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the finale of Star Fellows, your favorite D&D podcast in a galaxy far, far away. I am your dungeon master, Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Hannah. Hello, for the last time this season. (laughs) Amelia Saab. (laughs) Goodbye forever. And Brennan. It was a fun ride, y'all. Um, see you on the other side. We're all dying today. <laughs> I'm not dying, actually. No, I mean, yeah, me, like, us as people. Like, you're never... This is never going to be released. <laughs> it is well established that if you die in the game, you die for real. That's true. going to be bench-pressing a planet or something. Okay, and- <laughs> so I just don't die, like, ever. L begs to differ, actually. He got better. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to you. He got worse. Eh. <laughs> That's what you're worse. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. We'll see. Where we ended last time. The main adventuring party of Mix, Match, Rama, and L took their first steps into the swirling force storm that has taken over the cobalt blue destroyed planet of Lehan the seat of the Infinite Empire, and the Rakatan people. Akla, uh, after the Infinity Gate technology was activated once more on the planet of Rhodia, once El was gifted the Staff of the Bendu, similar gates started appearing all over the galaxy, and notably above Coruscant, at which point you were called into action by Master Emmy Grimwald, your master, Master Ugle, Kobe Cornelius, Bronze, and Easy Company to lead them through the gate to go assist your friends. And where we left off last, you were just touching down next to the Thorn, several hours behind the primary crew that has just ventured into the clouds. And you are met with a mix of familiar and unfamiliar faces. You exit the ship with Easy Company, Uh, Valkyrie, Gaunt, and Wings, as well as the Jedi Masters, and you are greeted by Digo Nevada and a strange humanoid figure with glowing purple eyes that you don't recognize. Um, I'm going to wave over to Digo. Oh, hey! Reinforcements! This is amazing! Oh, hey, Akala, it's been a while. Good to see you, Digo. We're here to help. Good to see you, too, and we could uh, certainly use it. Well, I mean, not us. We're just kind of waiting by the ship, but the, uh, everybody else just went into that massive hurricane. And all, this whole whole time, there's, like, pretty fierce, like, 30-mile-per-hour right, winds, yeah. like, blowing. Uh-huh. Um, and again, like, uh, Lehan, the cobalt-blue sandy planet. It's kind of like if Mars was palette-swapped. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's, like, desert trees and cacti and stuff um, as you're kind of having this conversation outside your ships. Uh, so, uh, how did you guys know where to find us? Well, um, I think when one of these gates gets opened, uh, more of them get opened. There is a gate, like, wide open on Coruscant right now that we just went through. Whoa. That's kind of cool. But also kind of scary. It means that from this portal, we could go order. Anybody else could go anywhere in the galaxy. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah. And she looks over to Aaron. Um, who's who's this? I don't I don't believe we've met. Uh, Aaron, in the meantime, approached uh, Kobe Cornelius and, and reaches out his his hand. <laughs> He's in his like 
um, like human-ish looking form um, with like the, the Claudite tint skin, but like a human looking male uh, presenting face. And he goes over to Kobe and he says, hello, my name is Aaron. Nice to meet you. And Kobe kind of like crosses his arms and like looks at this thing and goes, hi, I'm Master Kobe Cornelius. It's nice to meet you. Uh, and he kind of like doesn't shake this thing's hand. Uh, and Digo says, oh yeah, that's, uh, well, oh, that was Monkey. Oh. But now he's Aaron? Oh. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. That's... Oh. I Hello, think... Auntie Akala. It has been so long since I have seen you. Uh, hello. Um, I'm just gonna reach out my hand to, for him to shake. <clears throat> he shakes it and says, Hello, my name is Aaron. It's nice to meet you. Again. Aaron, it's, it is nice to meet you again. That, that's an odd name. Aaron? Where did that come from? My memory logs from the time that this, uh, this name was given to me have since been, uh, somewhat hazy. But I believe that it was uh, based off of something that I was saying mid-metamorphosis. Oh, and I'm I'm sure Akla clocks the the visible portion of the of the orb. Yeah, it's on like him. it's it's partially sticking out of his uh, chest. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, as she's interacting with him, she's she's putting all the pieces together in in her mind. She's connecting the dots. Wow, that must have been a very big change for you. It was, and it has been. I have been discovering the joys and uh, disappointments of life and existence as a sentient creature for the past four days. Wow. Well, there's a lot to it. It might take you some time. It's taken me over two decades. That is the feedback that I have received from practically anyone that has wrinkles by their eyes. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Um, you look old, deep. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, the cut's deep. Um, she just kind of nods to that. Um, okay, well, are, are you both just hanging back to, to keep a lookout? Yes. My biology, or physiology, or... I sort of defy normal standard terms for classification. My body is part yeah. mechanical, meaning that I think it would be a bad idea for me to venture into an electrical storm caused by force power. And he kind of looks like, I don't know. Um, and Digo <laughs> says, and uh, this is a bit above my uh, pay grade in terms of what I'm capable of handling. So I've decided to stay back and watch Aaron. No, yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, how, how long ago did they leave? They left approximately two and a half hours ago. So we've got some catching up to do. All right, well, um, I wish you both the best of luck here. Um, wish us luck. Good luck. Um, and I, I think, who all came with me? It was the Easy Company and then yeah. Cornelius and then... So else? it's it's uh, Valkyrie, uh, Gaunt, and Wings. Um, from Easy Company with like some other sort of ground troops. Um, um, quick, qu quick question though: Didn't Valkyrie die <laughs> in the last episode we saw them in? See, you just kind of said that, and I wasn't going to correct you, 
but I didn't say that Valkyrie died. You healed his wounds. He just passed out. <clears throat> oh, but, shit. But Mix does think he's dead. Aqua's oh, never shit. met Valkyrie. Okay. That was just me asking. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, who did you say? Sorry, I got distracted. So it's it's that trio of, of Easy Company plus Bronze, Ugwe, and Kobe. Okay, got it. Um, I think Akla's just looking over at the other Jedi Masters and being like, "We're we're good with this, right? We're good that the monkey has the orb, or that the past monkey has the orb." Um, like so, like during this conversation, like Easy Company has actually been like unloading a like Black Hawk <laughs> helicopter uh, from the starship <laughs> that you guys pulled uh, pulled in from. Uh-huh. Um, so they're like not really for this conversation, but yes, the three Jedi Masters have been like since this conversation started, they've been like looming and like leaning over your shoulder looking at Aaron kind of like hmm what is this thing right. um, and bronze kind of like leans forward and like taps the orb in its chest and Aaron says ouch please do not do that and he says what is it that would be the orb I would be very careful with that no I think he means uh, it is in uh, this whole thing Aaron, hello. My name is Aaron. It's nice to meet you. Yes, hello. It's, my name is Master Rugle. It's nice to meet you. We're gonna skip ahead. I don't even know what question to ask you. Are <laughs> you... What are you feeling? And so they, they sort of like start kind of like interrogating Aaron mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Aaron kind of gives the spiel of like hit the, the reckoning of like his birth and like why Rosie wanted to pass on her legacy of like sentient droids. Um, and he explains sort of that, like, he doesn't think that he has, like, any sort of mystical powers or anything, but, like, the orb and combination of technology has created a sentient life. Um, at the kind of close of this conversation, Kobe says, well, I mean, shit, guys, we can't, if it's alive, it's alive. And they all kind of, like, look around like, yeah, I mean, you are functionally a person, so um, I'm glad that you're helping. I am glad that I can be of service. As this kind of conversation comes to a close, um, Valkyrie comes over to like join the group and says, well, uh, given the storm, I think it makes more sense for us to uh, load up the chopper and try to give you guys some air support from the, uh, the mid part of the atmosphere, see if we can't see into it and maybe give you guys some cover. Yeah, that would be very helpful. Alrighty then. Uh, we'll, we'll lock and load. Um, and you guys uh, prepare to venture into the storm. But now we're going to uh, cut back to the main party um, several hours into their their trek um, into the storm. So, as I described in the previous episode, this force storm is a swirling, um, like, Category 5 hurricane, which means the farther you get towards the center, the more difficult the going gets. Um, where you guys are right now. Okay, it's all right. Six miles wide. So you guys have made it um, about three miles into this hurricane. Um, and it has been, for the most part, just trudging, walking in the middle of extremely high winds, uh, dense uh, rainfall, and the scattering of sand blasting you guys um, from the direction of the wind. Um, so this is what you need to keep in mind. 
Yes. So the the main component of this is that it is uh, difficult to see where you guys are. There are no more substantive effects where you guys are in the storm right now. Um, but you get disadvantage on perception checks that rely on uh, sight or hearing. Um, as you guys are trudging, uh, you hear after about an hour of your walk towards the storm, you hear the crackling of lightning um, and huge distant shapes moving through um, the storm like metal parts to a giant structure. Um, and you hear the echoing laughter um, coming from this uh, norded Wookiee's uh, throat deep in the distance and you just hear oh. um, No one can see but L rolls their eyes. <laughs> It's always evil laughter. Always. <laughs> Who are they laughing to? What are they laughing about? No one's saying anything. No one's they a call joke. Me he's having fun. He's he's he's, he's having a fun and flirty life. time. <laughs> Elle is allowed to be annoyed by that. He's in a silly, goofy mood. Um. Yes. So as you hear this booming laughter, shortly following it. Um, you hear uh, from the center of the storm, projected through the storm itself, uh, you hear Telemax call out to you. You have no powers here, creatures of light and earth. Here the infinite empire will rise. And as he says rise, you feel a tremor through the air and kind of a small shockwave hits you. And you hear, well, make me all perception checks with disadvantage. So I got one ear. Is that like disadvantage minus a die or something? Nah, I mean, you got comms. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> all right, that's a three. Any oh, never mind. Let me roll again. All right, so that's a three anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a five. Oh, it can't get much worse than that. Um, yeah, I got a seven. Got you. Get a um, little worse. Could have gotten a five. <laughs> well, I my I got a three. My the modifier you... is plus five, so I only could have gotten a six. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. What's it like having a positive wisdom score? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've known that for three seasons. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, then you all hear nothing but the howling of the wind and the pattering of rain uh, falling down around you. And as you continue, you feel the air start to swirl, not in a, a consistent temperature. It doesn't feel at any point like this storm is either cold or hot, but you feel pockets of both temperatures swirling in the storm. And I think it becomes evident to uh, everybody that this is... Uh, like Aaron so ineloquently put it last time, it is a secret third thing, being the <laughs> primordial forces of nature swirling around in this very force. It is neither nature nor man-made, but a secret third thing. Um, and of course, that secret third thing is magic. It's force magic. And uh, it's, it's felt in just the pure malice of this storm. Um, now, having failed that perception check, I need to know who is leading the party and who is uh, at the rear of the party. 
I mean, I'm a range build, so I'm gonna go ahead and say I'd like to. I'd probably be in the back. I imagine us and all just walking side by side since it's just three of us. But if that's not conducive to what we're doing, I uh, you can be in any formation. Learned enough to hide behind L whenever possible. We could be in a little L. <laughs> uh, uh, mix next to L with Rama behind. I see. Um, if you need one person to be slightly more in front, I'm willing to take that. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys start walking for a while. And as you start gaining um, on the center of the storm and the winds pick up, you feel like the clouds are starting to, to get dark in the, the near distance around you. Um, as if they've gotten denser. And there is some strange sound getting through the soundscape of the wind and the rain that you can't place. But after ten or so minutes of walking, L, you look up and you look around and you see that the dim darkness in the clouds are starting to take shape. And from all around you, in every direction are countless risen undead skeletons of old Rakatans that died on this barren battlefield of a planet. Augmented still with the remnants of cybernetic technology, these fierce shark-like skeletons start ambling towards you through the dark clouds. And I need you all to roll initiative. You say the dim darkness specifically? Uh, I might have, dude. I don't know what I say up here. <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting from Something's the hip never always. Woo! That's a nat 20 to start. Nat 20. It's better than the 3 from earlier. <laughs> that is a 19 for me. Okay. And Del, what'd you get? Okay, so that's uh, 16. And, um... Are we surprised? You are surprised. Ha. I have. I'm only kind of surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I am my I've raised my eyebrows in response. Slightly. If I'm surprised at the start of combat rather than being completely unable to act, I can still use a reaction and take an action on my first turn in combat. Um I can only use the action to dash, disengage, dodge, hide, or use an object. Okay. So that means that you just act on your normal initiative order before the surprise uh, actions or I guess like if you're having them roll initiative mm. like if you roll their initiative um, yeah if I come before them I can do my thing before their surprise action and then if they come at yeah I basically get to act on the same round they're acting on okay yeah so then you would actually have the first round um, or the first turn of combat then because um, they are after you. Um, you're dealing with a large horde of undead. Um, so you will not be rolling against individual monsters. You will be rolling against the horde itself. Cool. Um, because of this, I think the only viable action I can take at this moment is the dodge action, and I will do so. And I don't think I have any reactions yet, so... We'll just wait. I'm just going to dodge. Um, okay, so you're going to dodge and sit tight. Uh, 
do you draw your lightsaber? I mean, can I? It says that I can only dash, disengage, dodge, hide, or use an object. So, oh, okay. like, I'm taking the dodge action. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Um, great. The uh, undead swarm is going to uh, close the gap and fill the space that you guys are in. Um, so it's, you're, it's occupying all of your spaces, meaning that you are surrounded by undead. Um, and it is going to use multi-attack to take attacks, um, one on Rama and the other on L. It will have disadvantage when it attacks me. Roger that. Okay. Um, so <laughs> against L, it's going to be a nat one. Um, that misses. Yeah, sh- shocker. <laughs> <laughs> what? Also, I'm looking at my character sheet. Apparently, I've been able to attack with both of my weapons on opportunity attacks this whole time. This is why you read your character sheets, people. Um, <laughs> there's so many words there's there. There's too much to there's, read. There's huge. I learned Star the other Wars day that Akala could have hit more than one target on all of her saber throws, like for this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so many boy. words, and it's all just in one really, really long That's column. That's what I made this carrot, this change sheet for. I was gonna say you could always just copy and paste that shit to a word doc, y'all. You don't need. To- so it's in one slightly different, very long column. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it'd be more. Uh, listen, uh, Rama does a twenty hit. Uh, yes. <laughs> you get hit by uh, an improvised weapon attack uh, from one of these Rakatan zombies, holding on to a sharp, jagged piece of. Uh, we could only assume it's just scrap metal from one of the, the badly damaged ships or structures that is around uh, this place. So that is going to do uh, 15 damage. Ow! This thing's got to be strong as an ox. If it's raving around a piece of scrap metal, it hits Beskar's steel and it does any damage at all. Just to hit a chink or something. Just... Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, ancient undead zombies uh, conjured by a magical force storm. What do you want from me? They hit hard. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, that is its surprise uh, surprise round. So then it's going to start with Rama since you crit on initiative. Go for it. All right, so since I crit on initiative, but we were surprised, Joy, get, is there any bonus to that? Nope. Via your ruling? Nope, you just get to okay. go first. All right. Uh, let's see if I can quit again on the attack. So I'm going to whip out the old, uh, uh, actually, let's see here. So the hand cannon in one hand and the bow caster in the other and using the, whatever it's called, using the uh, construction worker strength augmentation, have one in each arm and then fire three times. All right. At the horde directly in front. All right. Oh, that's not a good start. That uh, is a 14. It's a 13. Good God. And a 29. Those all hit. Oh, I guess I am firing into the broadside of a barn here. Yeah, you are okay. firing uh, into a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> 360. Okay. Uh, the health must be insane then. Okay, God, I'm not used to this many dice. Um, plus 3. 8 plus 9 plus 3. Plus... 10, so 8 plus 9 is 30. Is 30. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Plus 6 on the boatcaster. 36. Uh, okay. You fire three of these uh, high-caliber rounds. Uh, 
you know, alternating between your bowcaster and your uh, hand cannon. Um, your hand cannon, of course, from the heat of the expulsion of the bolt starts to glow red, revealing the rose insignia on the side of the gunmetal. Um, and as you fire into this crowd of Rakatan zombies, uh, you see uh, four um, skeletons shaped like these uh, monstrous cybernetic hammerhead sharks fall in the horde around you. But more keep coming through. Can I you? Uh, can I use my sets my attack action and my reaction? Can I use my bonus action f- for um, commander strike? Um. Use your action, your reaction, so you would still have a bonus. Yeah, if you still have your bonus action, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let me use bonus action. Also, is the is the mob actually so they all have weapons? Can I use disarming? But <laughs> I guess I'm fighting against a mob, not a person. Yeah. Um. So like the stat block of this thing is very much like with in mind that you're not fighting. Like this whole swarm shares its stat block. So like disarming one i mean you would still get the extra damage for it um and i might flavor it but you're you're not like disarming the mob unfortunately yeah right right i just i'm just here for the extra damage i don't think one scrap metal is going to make a difference but uh that's three extra damage <laughs> okay wonderful. and then as a i'm gonna use burn my bonus action uh some complete actions and say hey yeah let's uh let's get it rolling and uh just ask l to go and blow some shit up for me okay um and what does that do mechanically for l again using commander strike that's it gives them <clears throat> um let's see here uh we do so choose a friendly creature who can see or hear you and expend one superiority die that creature can immediately use its reaction to make one rep and oh the order use your reaction fuck uh mix <laughs> no i haven't used my reaction yet okay so l you, you get to make an attack against the horde i believe sweet Ooh. okay um, adding the superiority die to the attack tax damage roll. So if and you it's not one, so it doesn't hit right. anyway. Fuck. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, not only does it not hit, but you sort of get distracted by Rama calling out the horde, which is surrounding you, and you uh, like stumble back, and you're like kind of forced into a tighter formation, like with all of these these skeletons trying to claw their way um, to like swarm you. Um, and that is going to be uh, a mix and matches turn. Um, okay, so quick question. I have an ability that does damage sure. to, obviously, to um, creatures that end their turn within five feet of me. Yarr. Like, any creature that ends their turn within five feet of me. So first question, am I within five feet like how many of them are within five feet of me and um, second of all would that like mat like would that matter since this is a board so is it every time something ends a turn in so every time something uh, an adversary ends its turn within five feet of you you do damage to it yes okay uh yes it would apply because like i said it's a swarm of bodies um we're talking okay. about like dozens and dozens of skeletons <clears throat> and and uh you know, cybernetic undead. Right. So it's like my my thing is that like it's extra damage per thing that yeah. ends its turn within five feet of me. Okay, oh, great. Oh, uh, it's only going to count for the horde as a whole. Okay, like got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Otherwise, okay. it'd be like we're we're doing like three d six times like fifteen yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Just- <laughs> I didn't think you wanted the to horde that. dies immediately <laughs> <laughs> because of this one at will fucking force yeah. power. Um, that force power is called get out of my personal space, and it instantly vaporizes <laughs> <literally>. anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to cast that. That's called Sonic Charge. Amazing. Um, so I'm going. Oh, you to love make- Sonic. I do love Sonic. I was searching for the joke. I was like, ah, oh, somewhere. I was talking yesterday in our live chat about how the, the Qua people are just the echidnas from Sonic. Um, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Um, so basically, I'm just making a, um, a melee attack for now. I'm just seeing if it hits. Wonderful. That is a, uh, I guess that would be a 19 to hit. If it's just my lightsaber hit, yeah, yeah. Nineteen, 19. hits. Um. Okay. Great. So that is so ten initial damage, and then two d four. Um. Seventeen damage total. Okay. I'm just adding that extra d four. It it technically is supposed to take effect whenever, like, the next time it ends its turn. Like, yeah, whenever the yeah. hostile creature ends its turn within five feet of me. So, yes. yeah, ten, ten and seven. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so I'll make sure to deduct that uh, that extra damage once it ends its turn. Um, now it is L's turn again. Okay, I am going to, in a kind of swirl flourish, uh, pull the staff of the bendu off my back and twirl it around and slam it into the ground uh, and turn undead. Between episodes, Elle and I discussed the powers of the staff of the bendu to make sure that the powers were all clear. The staff of the bendu will have uh, the following powers. So with uh, its staff charges, Elle is able to cast uh, turn undead, wall of thorns, or teleportation. Um, and the staff also has the added ability of uh, summoning uh, the infinity gates. And the staff has the stat properties of a magical quarter staff for damage and uh, bonuses to hit. Great. Okay. So uh, remind me that what is the radius for uh, that? Uh... Each undead that can see or hear me within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. 30 feet. Okay. Uh, very good. So since this is a horde, um, I'm going to flavor this slightly different, but I'm still going to honor the fact that these individual undead are, uh, somewhat low level. So remind me, what was the stat I need to roll wisdom? Yes. (laughs) Do you know that undead swarms have, uh, minus one to wisdom? (laughs) Fucking wild, right? Oh, they're just like me for real. (laughs) (laughs) I don't still rolled a 17. Even with the Rama mindset. spent most of the campaign with less wisdom than an undead horde of bones. <laughs> just around the same okay. page, Rob. <laughs> A 17 is just what they needed. Boo! So if they succeed, what happens? Uh, nothing. Just doesn't take effect? Yeah. Okay, so what I'll say is that... Um, you uh, attempt to cast this spell, but you see that for the majority of the horde, um, the dark side force powers that have reanimated them are uh, able to just contest against the will of the Bendu and the staff. Um, 
and only a few undead in your immediate vicinity disintegrate from this, um, resulting in nominal damage to the horde. Okay, I'm going to use my bonus action to she inform. Okay. Now it is the horde's turn again. Okay. Um, it is uh, once again going to multi-attack, um, and it is going to uh, attack uh, Mix twice and Rama once. That's not fair. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to go for that one guy just hitting <laughs> sticks to the ground. <laughs> um, see, 15 to hit uh, mix. That matches. That matches. No pun then intended. 10 misses and 3 misses. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> well, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, I did not add the bonuses to that. That was just looking right at the die. Um so sorry uh mix only gets hits once rama a 19 that hits right yes okay so you both are going to take one attack here um and you guys are going to take mix you're going to take uh 16 damage oofy and not rama, 176 no 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 rama you're going to take 14 damage Oh boy. Um, these skeletons fling themselves at you with sticks, um, pieces of burning wood, shards of metal, and start whacking against you guys, uh, bludgeoning you, leaving bruises, and cutting up your flesh. And then take off that seven damage if you haven't. Already, Already got it. Great. Um, you hear more lightning strike in the distance. Um, and you guys see uh, an ominous red glow flash from the center of the storm some miles away. Um, it is now going to be back to uh, Rama's turn. Same thing. Time to lay down some fire and hit some of these guys back. Uh, oh, okay. It's a nat 20 and a 13. Okay, so you'll you'll crit and you'll hit. And then a... 9 plus 16, whatever that is. Uh, 25. Uh, yeah, all three of those are going to hit. Make sure to either double the dice or double the damage on that first one. I'm going to double the, the dice, so that's going to be 2d10s. 45. 45 damage. <laughs> that's a lot of damage. Um, that's a lot of damage. Um, <laughs> you absolutely are on these things. It is full-on zombie movie levels of lead <laughs> expulsion coming from Rama's guns. Um, I'm going to flavor this. It's not going to take up any extra ammo, but I'm going to say that you just start firing from the hip with this bowcaster pistol in your hand cannon. Um, shells flying up uh, in the air, uh, and you full-on gun kata a good 10 to 15 <laughs> members of this horde um, that is coming from behind you clearing some space for your allies to move around a bit more freely um, and get some distance from the horde. Um, mix and match. It is now your turn. Okay. I'm going to use saber throw to hit two separate targets. Great. Um, 14 to hit. 14 hits. Let's go. Um, so that is uh, 
five damage, and then I'm going to use um, an ability called Force Resonance, which lets me um, add two d6. Great. Um, and that's another eight, so that's 13 total. Yeah, 13 total. Amazing. Uh, you throw, you, you did a saber throw, right? Yep. So you throw your saber and it ricochets um, and at perfect form and uh, at shoulder height, it mows down the skeletal heads of uh, five or so of these undead skeletons around you um, and they clatter to the dust and the earth with the sounds of rattling bones and clanking uh, cybernetics. Um, it is now L's turn. How, how does this horde look? Um, through the efforts of uh, yourself and your teammates, you have cleared out a lot of the swarm that was like real up in your business, but you see that there are still like shuffling figures kind of in a 10 foot radius around you still kind of like getting closer. Um, while you're clocking these things though, like you do realize like, um, like L realizes that these things are not fast. That uh, earlier when Telemax was cackling at you, he was, uh, he had cast the Ray's dead spell and it was only several minutes afterward that all of these undead caught up to you. So you realize that like, while you are surrounded, these things are not particularly fast. So, like, we could just outrun them? You would have to, like, still fight your way through, which would open you up to some, well, maybe not you, but you would open up the party to some opportunity attacks. But you could certainly clear a path. Hmm. Honestly, I'm going to try, I think, and at least clear a path. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Phase Strike on myself as a bonus action. Okay. And then I am going to just start swiping through the horde with my lightsaber. Okay, in any particular direction or like around you generally, or what are you trying to Um approach? trying to clear a way toward Telemax. Okay. Um so in the direction that you guys were walking, um, you start trying to clear a path. Um go ahead and make me your attack rolls for that. Whatever attack rolls you need to make. Okay, so the first is a 27 to hit. Um, 27 to hit. Uh, that, that definitely hits, yeah. 18 uh, energy damage from the lightsaber. Okay. And the second is... Uh, that's only a 15 to hit. Uh, that still hits. Uh, that's 8 damage from the lightsaber. Okay. Um. And... I basically have uh, 60 feet of walking this turn, so I'm just going to kind of like zigzag out to get a wider area uh, to get my friend's room to move forward. Yeah. Um, to make this, uh, to honor this mechanically, I would like you to make me a uh, strength check with advantage since you are trying to body your way through um, what is still a, a crowd of people. Um, but just roll me to see how good you are at making distance through that. Uh, how's a 24? God, a 24 is nice. Um, yeah, you uh, you sort of plant your feet, get into this form, draw your lightsaber and your staff, and you start sprinting and slashing through this um, horde. And after 60 feet of movement and what is about a dozen dead bodies, well, re-dead bodies, 
um, of Rakatans later, you find yourself on the other side of the, the breach of this uh, skeletal swarm. And as you do so, um, you realize that uh, you are coming to like the outer precipice now of the eye of the storm and that there is a massive crater hidden in the clouds ahead of you at the center of which seems to be the storm. But your allies are not yet out of combat. Um, if that ends your turn, that will then make it the horde's turn. Um, and it is going to make multi-attacks once again. A singular but very effective move set. <laughs> <laughs> it knows one spell, and that spell is pain. <laughs> Okay. Don't all care for hit. whatever's going on right now. <laughs> all, all three hit. Who are you hitting? Each of us once? Well, so, Elle, you're out of range of the storm now. So it's between Ooh. Rama and uh, <laughs> Mix. Uh, Sorry about ya. Let's see. Uh, Rama, evens or odds? Uh, evens. It's odd. So, Rama, you will be crit against, and uh, Mixi will take the other two uh, blows from this. These aren't ranged attacks, are they? Nope, these are melee attacks. Got it. Okay. I'm just going to double the damage output of these dice. Okay, well, they rolled two ones against you, Rama, so that's going to be... <laughs> you, got, you got lucky. So that's going to be... So that's going to be six and then plus five. So it's going to be 11 damage against Urama. You got off light. Oh! Rolls max damage for me. <laughs> you gotta learn to be quiet when I'm rolling, dude. The dice can, <laughs> the dice, the dice can hear you. <laughs> that's going to be uh, 15 on the first hit against Mix. And nine for the second hit. So a total so that's 24. Yeah, yeah, 24. Shit. Oh no, there's zombies. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, as L bodies through the swarm, it, instead of chasing after them, collapses harder into you and Rama, and you are all hit uh, from all angles by these zombies as they claw and scrape against your flesh. Uh, Oops. But L has <laughs> uh, still cleared a path for you guys to leave through. There is still kind of a closing gap for which you guys can, can book it and get out of here. Um, but it is now going to be uh, Rama's turn. So I'm going to assume the winds make it impossible to jetpack, um, but... Would, is, if I stay really close to the ground, could I pick up Mix and just, like, dash it? Don't pick me up. I've got this. Don't pick up Mix? Never Don't mind. Me <laughs> I mean, you could you could go straight up. You would still take an opportunity attack, though, with your jetpack, yeah. you know what I mean? <sighs> um, the can I, I guess, escape like, combat you can always, by just you, running through... Sorry, I didn't mean it. it can I escape wrong. combat by just running through the gap? You can, yes, but you're you're opening yourself up to um, opportunity attack, a singular opportunity. You're going to need it without clearing the horde or doing something else. It's always going to be opportunity attacks to try to move through this. I can avoid those, Brennan, so just think for yourself just for this turn. How far do I have to go to escape combat? 
Well, we said that L moved 60 feet, but I don't think that it was 60 feet through bodies, so I'll be I'll be generous and say it's just 30 feet. All right, in that case, can I lob a stunned grenade into the gap to hit on impact to avoid opportunities attack and then just plow through the flash? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, lob a stun grenade. All right, so I'm going to be like, all right, Mix, uh, stay on the other side. I'm going to take out the stun grenade. I'm going to throw it, flash the zombies, and then just gun it through the 30 feet to get out of the horde. Um, okay, so do what do the zombies need to roll to save against the stun grenade? Uh, DC 14 dexterity throw. Or dexterity so saving dexterous. throw. This horde has a plus zero to dexterity. <laughs> And it rolled a 13 on the die. Let's go. So it does not save. And the horde is stunned for the duration of this turn, allowing you to escape without opportunity attacks. Well, there goes my last grenade, folks. All right. That's all I can do, I believe. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, after Rama is mix and match. Yeah, I'm going to use phase strike to... Um so my movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks and book it. Oh my god, we're twinning! We're twinning! Good, and with that, in the stunned horde, you are able to escape from its clutches. The horde is still behind you. You guys, uh, all three of you, beaten and, and bloodied, uh, meet um, at the outskirts of the horde where El was waiting for you, and about 20 feet ahead of you, you see the um, the outside ring of a massive but gently sloping crater that leads down to the center of the eye of the storm. Before you are able to descend overhead, you hear some strange sounds. You hear a... And in the distance, you hear... What is that that you hear? Is that electric guitar? And you hear rock music high overhead, and a bright spotlight flips on and illuminates your position. And about a mile into the sky above the hurricane, there is a chopper with easy company swirling ahead of you, or up, uh, above you, that has illuminated your position and also illuminated um, the horde through the storm. Um, it seems that there is something that has momentarily cleared some of the cloud cover, and high, <laughs> high above, uh, you hear, well, Rama, roll me, uh, just you, just, just you, roll me a perception check. <laughs> is it still a disadvantage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, boys, uh, it's a two and an 11, so it's a two. Okay, uh, so you don't hear anything, <laughs> but... This is for me. Uh, there is far away Gaunt shouting down, Eat lead, you sons of bitches! And then you hear the rev, like <laughs> up above, there's the revving of a minigun, and you see bullets start to clear the horde behind you um, as Easy Company provides you some cover for you guys to progress. Um, Mick starts cheering, clapping. <laughs> Let's go! Woo! <laughs> uh, once Mick stops doing that, I want to cast Pass Without a Trace. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I feel like if Rama didn't hear 
that being yelled, Romer also would have yelled, Eat lead, you sons of bitches! <laughs> Thinking it hadn't been said yet. <laughs> Eat lead, you sons of bitches! <laughs> okay, so that gives you guys extra stealth. Very good. Um, yeah, so uh, after that, that lead, that like lead sweep through the, the crowd of skeletons, um, the storm picks up again up above you and howls even harder as you're buffeted by some wind and the spotlight from Easy Company uh, fades uh, out, and you are once again left in darkness. And with L casting Pass Without a Trace, you feel um, a sort of mystic power gather around you, unseen, but shielding you from some of the winds, making it easier to withstand the storm, and also concealing your presence even more within it. As I said, you stand on the precipice of the outer ring of a massive crater, You can see down into it that from the center there is a glowing dark red ominous light and above this crater um, moves massive metal objects and you see the faint outlines of starships and other large structures being (sighs) clanked together Um, but you cannot see the figure at the center of the storm Um, you are about um, um, the, like from where you are at the edge uh, to the center of the crater and thus the eye of the storm is about one mile and it is uh, a gentle enough slope that you can uh, maneuver your way down it um, with some good dexterity checks that was the call to say dexterity check yeah, right yeah go ahead and make and uh, roll dexterity alright now to save a check yes Man, we're that's a twelve. Four plus five. Nine. That's a nine. We have so many skills, and <laughs> dexterity is not really one of them. I I got I got twenty dex. I just rolled a four. I got <laughs> eleven to dex, so I'm not very dexterous. <laughs> um, Rama is just like staring up at the helicopter where it was, being like, "Oh, that is so fucking out my foot." <laughs> Just the fact that nobody saved on, like, the dexterity check to, like, What was the DC? (laughs) It was 16. Damn. Um, Oh, well, I don't know. I don't feel too bad about that. uh, I was was figuring at least one of you might make it. Um, (laughs) Well, you thought wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Two level nine Jedi? I don't think so. Who would win? Two level nine Jedi or one slight incline? Luckily <laughs> 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 for our heroes, uh, cross-country trekking and failing at it is not critical to the success of this mission. But it is funny that all of you do take uh, an extra seven damage on your way oh down God. as you, you slip and fall. Gross. Um, for several feet um, as you make your way down to the center of this. Um, it makes us I swear, if I die because that's seven damage, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, the storm really picks up here. Um, the howling wind and thunder claps around you um, within this mile radius of the eye of the storm. Um, and you can feel the intense pressure of the storm's malice crush against uh, your minds and your bodies. But you come to, at the bottom of the crater, instead of a rocky bottom, you find yourselves uh, landing on a flat, solid platform of white cloud. And there is a white cloud barrier that is thick around the eye of the storm. And on the other side of that barrier uh, awaits, presumably, the center and the eye itself. 
Uh, anyone got any stim packs? I don't think so. I don't think we do. Uh, fuck it. All right. <clears throat> if uh, if at all possible, try and stay within 15 feet of me. I'll try not to run out too far ahead. You got it. All right. Uh, I'm not going first. Uh, Al starts walking. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Right behind you. I'm going to go second. <laughs> yep, I'm following. And you all three pass through the wall of storm and fog into the center of the crater on Lehan at the eye of the force storm. Okay. The party passes through the storm wall and you find yourself in a large circular arena at this center of the force storm. The clouds and thunder rage around you on all sides and you find yourself at the bottom of this crater and standing on this conjured flat surface of cloud, this is a uh, 200 uh, foot in diameter circular eye of the storm. And in this 200 uh, diameter pillar, it is calm. Um, like all hurricanes, the eye is where there is the deadly calm. At the center of this arena, standing over a circular glowing red pit is the figure of Telemax and the possessed Wookiee mutated form that he possessed on the skies of Kajik. Like I said, at his feet is the broken remnant of the red eye of the Star Forge. He appears to have pulled the forge itself back to the surface from underneath the, stand, the sands so that its large metallic structure exudes only partially from the ground beneath it. He now seems to be using its great power and the swirling dark side energy emanating from its red bubbling pools to rebuild the structures of the Infinite Empire. And you see that the pit itself that he stands over has a bubbling, roiling liquid inside of it that looks like it is molten blood. And you see red tendrils snake around his floating figure and lightning crackles all around him. Now, L has cast Pass Without Trace, which means that you guys have uh, certain edges when it comes to uh, stealth. Now, I'm going to... Uh, L, do you need to... Uh, I think you still need to roll stealth, right? It gives you a bonus. Yeah, you just get a plus 10. Right. Okay. Everybody does. So, against his passive perception, I need you all to roll stealth if you wish to remain hidden. Oh, boy. Disadvantage. I got a 17, so um, plus 10 to that, right? 27? Uh, yeah. Oh, I got a 28. <laughs> That's an 8 plus stealth. It's 5. Uh, it's 13. 23! 23. Okay, so you all succeed against uh, Telemax's passive perception. He is encased in what seems like a diamond of ever-crackling electricity conjured from the storm itself, and as he gestures with one hand down to the glowing red pit, it, he pulls from it a swirling red strand of blood and dark side energy into himself, and with the other hand makes a great lifting gesture from the sands, and you see that roiling from underneath the earth comes another large metallic circular shape which he lifts high into the sky. 
and you can see floating above you there are swirling other large metal structures that seem to be putting themselves together above Telemax. But he does not notice you enter his arena. So, what would the party like to do? How far away is he? Um, he is a hundred feet away from you. And is, you said he's floating? Yes, he's floating. Well, he is, yeah, hovering uh, currently five feet above the uh, glowing red pit in the center. Okay, cool. Uh, so there's no... It's not like right above a ground or anything. How big is a red pit in the center? Um, like in diameter, hypothetically. Like 20 feet in diameter? I'm going to, if no one has any objections or any super cool plans, no. uh, cast Pull Earthward. Hmm. So he needs to make a strength saving throw. Okay. He rolled a nine, but he's going to... He's going to let this happen, I'm going to say. He's not going to resist this harder than normal. So you pull him earthward. Are you trying to pull him into the pit? Uh, yes. Flying speed, if any, is reduced to zero. And an airborne creature affected by this power descends at 60 feet per round. Okay. Since he was only hovering, he is... Uh... So your intention is to pull him into the molten pit. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you sort of uh, sneak up behind him while he is moving earth and metal. Um, oh, I don't need to move close to him. I, this is a range of 300 feet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so while in stealth in this uh, shroud, you reach out your hand and uh, sort of pluck him from the sky and pull him earthward. And he, with a plume of uh, molten blood and lava, um, that you see, like, spark into the sky. He disappears into the pool itself. And a heartbeat of a moment. And then two. He doesn't seem to reemerge right away. Okay, Damn, well. Elle. Concentration. It's concentration for a minute. So <laughs> I'll just uh, keep him down as we're moving forward. <laughs> okay, so for a minute, you walk uh, towards this molten pit, holding on to concentration of the spell. And for that yes. full minute, nothing happens. Um, okay. Are you going to be able, are you going to do anything else before this concentration okay. spell ends? So it's 100 feet, so that'll take like, what, 18 seconds, basically, to make it over there? Yeah. Um... Okay, I think I want to ready uh, hitting it with the staff of the Bendu for whatever emerges from the pit. <laughs> okay, um, now mechanically, I think it will keep the same initiative order, but I'll roll initiative for... Telemax here in a second. Um, okay. So, your concentration on this pull earthward force power ends as you guys are on the ring of this uh, 20 foot molten pool of blood that is radiating dark side heat and energy. And 
One curious thing is that over this minute, the force storm does not change, and the swirling objects in the sky do not fall. And nothing seems to be out of place from when before you cast the spell. And as that minute ends, the exact second that it ends, the form of Telemax erupts back from the pool, casting blood and fire across the diameter of this arena. And I need you all to make me dexterity saving throws. Uh, 13. 7. Uh, I'm gonna give a heads up to L. Is that a D8? It's a D6. Okay, don't screw me over here, Hannah. You did. What did I do? This was your die that you gave <gasps> oh, me. Oh, shit. It's a Pokemon die, that's why. Don't blame me. It's the wrong franchise. <laughs> I got pretty low. I got a five, but I have Indomitable. You can reroll a saving throw if you fail. So, <clears throat> does a uh, nine fail? Yes. Okay, I'm going to reroll that. <laughs> uh, I have a 14 now. Damn, that's still not great. That is a 14. Okay, nobody succeeds on this saving throw. Oh, bad luck to start. Okay. As Telemax erupts, you are all buffeted backward and singed, taking... Six uh, heap damage uh, along the way. Um, And Telemax erupts and hovers five feet above the pool from whence he was. And he laughs and says... (laughs) Clever trick, but you should know that a creation cannot harm its true master. And he uh, prepares himself for battle as lightning cracks all around his hovering form. I'm going to roll initiative for Telemax to decide our order. Embarrassingly low for the final boss of the campaign. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a plus nine to dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Which means that he rolled a 17, which is lower than Rama. Also lower than me. I rolled 19. Oh. Well, not so bad after all. Now, uh, the power he used to buffer you guys back does interrupt the readied action that L had, unfortunately, because it does cast you backwards on a failed save. Um, so we'll nix that. Um, and it will begin with Rama's turn. Um, you all are 15 feet away from this thing. Alright, so how much of an action is it to drink the, uh, the steroids, blood, and caffeine potion? Is that... Bonus, action, reaction, free action, item, interaction, action, action. Potions, I, if I remember correctly, are bonus actions? Yeah, I think that's what we determined. Alright. Uh, man, I wish I had more than one. A lot of my stuff is bonus actions, but that's a good start. So I'm going to drink, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be like, hold up. <laughs> Tilt back to Mandalorian helmet, drink the bottle of caffeine, steroids, and blood, put it back down, smash the bottle on the ground, take out both guns, and shoot. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) The crate dragon blood mixed with uh, steroids and caffeine takes effect pretty much instantaneously, and you gain the benefits of the haste spell 
for the next uh, minute of combat, which would be 10, uh, 10 rounds, 10 turns. I 10 rounds. 10 rounds, yes. Um, but I mean, it's it the, it resets on Rama's turn, so it's, yeah, so the... Sweet, yeah, the main thing, I can, uh, so I get plus two AC, so it's now 20, and I have um, advantage on dexterity saving throws. Um, additional, and I also get an additional action, although if I use it for a weapon attack, it's only one weapon attack, even though I have extra attack. So, I can uh, basically shoot four times now, and I, uh, instead of three, and I have an AC of 20. And I can also move fast. Okay. So, I'm going to shoot <laughs> Bowcaster twice and uh, Hand Cannon twice and just start going after crushing a beer. Um, Alright. That is a 20 and a 27 from the Hand Cannon. Uh, wow, both of those hit. And a 12 and a 29 from the Bowcaster. Uh, that third one doesn't hit, but the fourth one does. Okay, so two D10s and one D6. Is he holding a weapon? Um, he is unarmed. He appears to only Damn. be, uh, floating with his, yeah, as Han is gesturing with her, her <laughs> ominous fingers. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. 41 damage. Wow, that is a lot of damage. Okay. Um, you unload the figure of Telmax, and you see your munitions um, <coughs> puncture his body, but also uh, get slowed and almost reflected by the swirling lightning around him. You see him recoil in his shoulders, but the singe marks of your... Uh, bullets and your lasers seem to heal over quickly. He will not go down quite that easily. Um, now, um, it is going to be a first a layer action from the storm itself, which means that I need everyone who's participating in this battle to roll me a constitution saving throw. Oh, I'm good at that. Thank God. It's a dirty 20. 16. 22. 20 and 22 save. 16 does not. <laughs> so mean. Oh my god, that was so many That was so dice. many dice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? The sound right there. Literally a fucking handful. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Makes us gonna die a, before everyone else even gets there. Pitcher of lemonade and just <laughs> filled it with Jesus. ice. Jesus! I was about to use all my fucking buffs, too. Um, after Rama, you unleash uh, your arsenal against Telemax's floating form. He outstretches his hands from his chest in an expansive gesture, and you guys feel a wave of cold air come and buffet your bodies. L and Rama, through your uh, strength and constitution, you are able to keep your footing and not succumb to the supernatural cold. However, Mix, you will be taking... Did I already say what, how much damage you're taking? No. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> you're taking uh, 19 damage. This is a force power? It is a force power. You have resistance to that damage. I do. 
Yeah, as long as you're within 15 feet of me. Oh, okay, great. Um... Okay, so what does that bring it down to? Uh, 19 halved to... 10? 9. 9. You always round down. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, however, is not the extent, uh... (laughs) Telemach is going to be taking a legendary action. And with this gale of cold wind also rains down a lightning strike upon Rama. I need you to make... Damn it! (laughs) I knew this was coming! (laughs) Um, yes. So, uh, just Rama, since you're five feet away from your allies, um, I need you to make me uh, a dexterity saving throw. That is 16. A 16 does not save. Oh, boy. Is that also a force power? It is. Okay, you get resistance, <laughs> Rama. <laughs> what I love about this is this is happening, like, after I finish, un- like, just mag dumping into this guy. You take uh, 19, also have to 9 lightning damage as a cacophonous lightning strike strikes at your feet, um, and you feel a jolt of lightning go through your body. Damn it! Um, and then it will be Mix and Mash's turn. Um, okay, so then my action is going to be casting force barrier um so myself and the two of you get um five temporary hp um yay (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, i'm going to use my bonus action to lend aid to myself to get seven more hp so what's your hp at right now um I don't want to say. 32 out of 82. Okay. <laughs> it was at 20 out of 82. So ah. you cast that. Uh, what does that do again? Um, I just gave myself uh, seven more HP. Wonderful. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, very good. Um, right, and then you healed the party. Very good. So that's your turn. Uh, it is going to be uh, Telemax's Okay, um, this thing is going to use its uh, considerable flying speed to dart over to L, who is holding the staff of the Bendu, and with his uh, fur and uh, somewhat chitinous fists coated in thunder, it is going to make two attacks against you, L. He wants me so bad, it's embarrassing. Who doesn't? Oh, they can't see my cute little smirk. <laughs> I rolled funny number on the dice. I rolled a six and a nine, but aha! Hey, what's here to hit? <laughs> how funny? We'll see how funny it is. Okay, um, one of those is going to be a seventeen, and the other one is going to be a twenty. The twenty hits. Okay, the twenty hits. Wait. Did I issue inform on my last turn as a bonus action? 
you haven't done it for that. this combat. Yeah, you okay. did it in the last combat. But got like, it, got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You ready for some more audio horror? Okay. Uh, those two attack. Okay. Oh, so the first one is going to do 14. Oh no, you only want only one hit, so it is 14 yeah. damage. Um, so it swipes at you once, um, and with your considerable Jedi dexterity, you duck the blow, but you are unable to dodge the subsequent uppercut, and it hits you with a force of a Mack truck as you are lifted slightly off of your feet as this flying entity hits you for 14 sonic damage it is then uh going to use the rest of its movement speed to fly 60 feet back uh towards the other side on the other side of the pit in the center do i get an attack of opportunity you do not because this thing uh has a a special perk that i'm not going to uh fully explain you slut (laughs) <laughs> I know. This is me and my sluttiest. I started this with sunglasses on. In fact, they're coming back on. For the listeners, he's wearing a blazer. He's yeah. been wearing a blazer this whole time. And a and a Slytherin shirt. shirt. Pretty much the sluttiest thing you could wear in 2009. Um, it makes that... Okay, so then it flies 60 feet in the other direction, um, putting uh, a total of 45 feet between the party and it. Um, it is now going to be Elle's turn. Okay. I made a strategic miscalculation at the beginning of this combat. Okay. And that's fine. Um, so is it still just like hovering above the ground? Yeah, uh, at five feet above the ground. Cool. Can I get it to make a dexterity saving throw? Sure. What's the DC? That's an excellent question. Uh, 17. Uh, 21 it saves. Okay, so you'll take half damage. Um, as I am casting Wall of Thorns with the Staff of the Bendu. Uh, so I take the staff and I swirl it kind of in a circle. And beneath him, there is a 20-foot diameter, 20 feet high, 5-foot... That What does... Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm, like, trying to read this. 5 feet thick or a circle that has 20-foot diameter. Okay. What? Okay, 20 foot diameter and is up to 20 feet high and 5 feet thick. Okay, whatever. Anyways, there's a bunch of thorns underneath them. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you swirl this staff around, um, above your head. And you are, you actually clear, um, like, some air around yourself. And you kind of feel, like, the warmth of springtime as you channel your energy to raise thorns from the ground. Um, and as you describe, they, uh, crawl up to to envelop him um, and he uh, is poked by the thorns as the thorns are in turn singed by his lightning aura. How much damage does he take from that? Um, you said he succeeded? Yeah, so that's 21. half of 37. Okay. Um, so that's uh, 17. No, 18. Okay. And then... Um, the creature can move through the wall, albeit slowly, slowly and painfully. For every one foot a creature moves through the wall, it must spend four feet of movement. Um, furthermore, the first time a creature enters the wall in its turn or ends its turn there, the creature must make a dex saving throw or take 78 slashing damage. Half as much on a successful save. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll flavor this as saying, like, instead of you conjuring a wall, like, three thick thorn bramble branches, like, come up and grab his feet and, like, start biting into him. Um, and you said, what? so how much damage does he take by moving through it? Um, it takes four feet of movement to move one foot, and it'll be another 78 slashing and another deck save. Okay. Um, so is that going to end your turn? Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to do something. Um, okay. I'm going to she inform. Okay, nice. Um, do these walls of Thorn have any like HP to them? No, okay. it's just a magical thing. I it takes my concentration to keep it up. That's it. I see. Okay, so after you uh, end your turn, he is going to take um, a legendary action to move, um, and he is going to calmly pry the branches from him and hover uh, toward you ominously. Um, So he needs to make another dexterity saving throw, right? Yes. Okay. Um, he fails, but he's going to burn a legendary resistance to succeed anyway. So he'll take half of 35 for 17 slashing damage. Okay. Okay, so he just eats that slashing damage, and as he, like, pries these bloody thorns off of him um, and, like, flies, like, 10 feet towards you, closing the gap somewhat, he says, This power is weak. What do nature and thorns concern one who wields lightning? And he is going to uh, try to strike you out with lightning using his other legendary action. Um, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, that fails. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. This is a force power, by the way. Yay! kind of a victory in and of itself it's going to be eight four to twelve that is going to be uh 16 lightning damage we'll have to eight have to eight as you are hit with a bolt of lightning that uh strikes you on your shoulders and you feel an immense weight and a stiffening of your muscles as you feel this painful shock uh move through your body and the tips of the leaves of the staff of the Bendu are charred by the lightning. Mm. It will now be... Uh, that will get us to the top of the initiative order. So, uh, with that in mind, we are going to shift perspectives momentarily. Put dice back. Akala. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You and your party of Jedi Masters make your way through the storm, hot on the tracks of your friends who have gone on ahead of you. After 20 or 30 minutes of hard running, you're trying, you guys are trying to make pace up as quickly as possible. Um, you get a buzz on your comms, on your collective comms, and you hear Valkyrie say, We found a clearing and spotted the Argonauts. They're making their way towards the central crater at the eye of the storm. They're about a mile ahead of you. We're on our way. Be advised, hostiles in the area. Great. Um, And then you hear the distant sound of machine gun fire as the earlier events play out um, some space ahead of you. 
Um, what I want, Akala, um, is for you to, on behest of the party, roll me, um, roll me decks to see how fast you are able to make up ground to enter the fight. Just a regular dex check? Mm-hmm. That's a 19. Okay. Um, at the pace that you guys are moving, you are going to be able to make up ground quite quickly. Um, mechanically, there are three rounds of combat until you guys enter, uh, get close enough to enter the fray. So with that, we will move back to the main combat with Rama. It is your turn. All right. <clears throat> I am going to... Um... Yeah, I'm gonna shoot. So here's the thing. Uh, I get that extra weapon. Um, if one were to action surge, that would be five attacks. Two from the action, attack action, one from the reaction. Uh, Plus haste. Two, one. Uh, one for the haste, and then one, two, three, four. It'd be six, right? Six. Six. You get two for your regular attack action, two for your action surge action, one for your reaction, and one for haste. All right, six. I'm going to shoot three times each. That's great math. I'm sorry. I'm stupid, guys. And then okay. that still leaves a bonus action. And don't forget one for the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to shoot three times with two each more gun. For the show. <laughs> yeah. um, 22, 21. Uh, 22, 21, 19, 22. How are we feeling? The 19, is that hit? Uh, so what was your lowest roll? 19. Uh, if 19 was your lowest roll, then you hit every single time. Okay, T two more. Uh... 21 and 26. All right, that's six. Dang, you're rolling hot today, my friend. I Well, if we average it out, we're probably at like 12. I've rolled a lot of threes so far. Okay. Uh, that is uh, 25 with the hand cannon. 32 on the bowcaster. No, wait. 666 is 18 plus 14. 18. No, that is 32. 32, so that's... <laughs> God. This haste potion's crazy. Okay, that is... Uh, 25 plus 32 is 57. Um, that's the whole arsenal. Um, and then... I am gonna <laughs> throw down the, the bonus action. Let's do Commander's... Let's do commander strike, and I am going to uh, say, "Animar, uh, it hurts L," and see if L could get a smack on him. Does commander strike? What is what is the action economy cost on the commander strike? Because I'm not convinced. So that. I have commander strike um, greater. Okay. So on normal commander strike, when you take the attack action, you can forgo one of your own attacks and use a bonus action direct one of the commanders to strike. Companions to strike. Commander strike greater. When you use commander strike, you can forego an action or use your bonus action rather than both. Um, all the other rules of commander strike apply to you. So, since I, I burned two um, maneuvers to get 
commander strike greater, it's one bonus action. But didn't you spend your bonus action to do action surge? Is that not how that works? No, action surge, you just do it. Okay, so you hadn't... It's only once per day. Okay. Yeah, the six attacks did not include a bonus action, actually. <laughs> Christ, I the haste spell is so broken. Fuck, okay. It's, the haste spell just got him one extra attack. That's true. Um, this is my own fault. I like giving you weapons, but that's fine. Haste <laughs> is only broken because it's a potion. If you're casting it as a spell, it's usually not worth it. Fair, yeah. Um, Black can resist great dragon blood, y'all. Um, okay, yeah. so very Haste potions are great. <laughs> turn uh from rama but no good deed goes unpunished did el get the attack yet oh yeah el you do need to to roll to hit uh, am i isn't he like far away from me oh he he is yeah he's outside of melee range so uh, how far away uh he's now 35 feet away do you have a weapon uh, attack for 35 feet no, no i don't uh does uh, mix doesn't either no no does match rockets or something not a melee attack. Um, well, I, does it have to be melee attack? It just has to be weapon attack, right? No, it's just a weapon attack. Uh, yeah, 30 feet is my max for this. Yeah, I think same. All right, in that Super case, somebody use bonus action for something else. Uh have so heads up with the shadows. Can I reload as a bonus action? I think I can as a Kimbo. Uh, I think, yes, you are able to reload as a bonus action. All right, uh, burn the bonus action. I reload. Done. <laughs> okay. Uh, now it is the storm's layer action. Uh, Rama, you pepper uh, once again Telemax's uh, form far away with bullets and laser beams. Um, and you see him like actually like recoil and like need to catch his breath after um, absorbing that much damage. And he says... And perhaps I misjudged who had the power in this trio. You're starting to get on my nerves. And the storm around you uh, rushes in all around you, Rama, and I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. That's an eight. You fail. Okay. The clouds rush up around you and you feel the air pressure become crushing as your outstretched arms holding your pistols akimbo move upon their own volition and you become restrained. This effect only ends on a specific condition. You hear Telemax focus his voice on you and he says, Shoot your friends and we'll pick back up on that with your next turn rama but just look forward to that um jesus <laughs> right uh now it'll be mix and matches turn well gonna pretend i didn't hear that um okay i'm going to cast um irradiate which is a second level tech power um, he has to make me a constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh, 21. Oh, he saves. Hold on. I lost one of my d10. Um, 14 to 16. Okay, he takes um, 8 damage from that. If he hadn't, he would have taken the full 3d10 
and then also been exhausted. But I guess this is a constitute constitute man, I guess. He is. Um, he is very constitute. Um, and then my bonus action, I'm going to use my second Lendade to give me seven more HP. Wonderful. What was the name of that power again? Irradiate. Irradiate. Yeah. So you uh, you reach out with your hand and you see like an orb of green radiation um, float over to him and crash into him. And you see some of the um, like lightning tendrils around his body like sizzle and, and burst. And you see um, like some singeing of his flesh, but otherwise he does not seem particularly bothered. Now it will be Telemax's turn. What do I gotta do to get this bitch to come in melee? <laughs> Ask, I suppose. It is going to charge you, Al. And cool. it is going to multi-attack against you, um, renewing its fight against its principal enemy. Um, and he is going to, once again, rush towards you and try to make a series of lightning-imbued uh, melee attacks against you. first one's going to hit the other one uh does a 16 hit a 16 doesn't hit what what's the first one the first one is a 30 to hit oh damn yeah okay um so once again you're able to dodge the initial blow but his strikes are much too quick to uh parry just on your own um without additional assistance and you're going to be hit going to be hit by 16 more sonic damage Oof. as his thunderous fist slams into you and he gloats over you and says the bandit's power is weak you were foolish to pursue me here and he's gonna end his little turn um and it's going to be hell it's gonna be your turn um uh, as he says that well I'm going to smack him in the face with a stick. Uh, first, I'm going to expend a use of Channel the Force to um, Falling Avalanche so I can get advantage here on this first attack. Okay, that is a 20 to hit. Uh, yes, that hits. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to force empowered strikes. So that will be 5d8. Um, so 6 is 19 plus 5 is 24 for the first hit. 24 damage. And then I'm going to see if I hit him again on the second try. Does a 16 hit? Does not. Damn. Okay, I missed him on the second hit. What if I just she informed? What if I just did that? <laughs> she little she informed. What if I just got a little she informed? Nice. Um, at the end of your turn, Telemax is going to take a legendary action. As you knock him away with the staff of the Bendu, um, and a green radiant light uh, ricochets and clashes against his lightning veil, uh, he says. I grow tired of this trifle. And he is going to release a detonation of thunder on his position and wind in a wall of lightning and air uh, strikes in a concentric circle out from him. 
I need every single one of you to make me, oh, uh, yeah, a dexterity saving throw. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I fail. Oh, that's a 16 I also again. Fail. I got a two. Everyone fails. We're in trouble, folks. We're in some hot water over here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is gonna be. How's he looking? Hot. Uh, in a horrible way. <laughs> is there an HP uh, uh, conversion we could make for hot? I don't know anything about computers, Brendan. You don't have to ask your HP questions to. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to take 8, 14, 21. Everyone is going to take 22 damage as this wall of force strikes you all, and you are all knocked back 60 feet in different directions. Do I have that? Um, yeah, I think this is flavored as a force power, even though it's a legendary action. Um <gasps> Is anyone within 15 feet of me? I think not. I think it's just you. Um, so, uh, yeah, 22 halved for you, L, uh, 22 damage to the rest of the party. How are you guys looking? Not great. (laughs) Okay. Um, wonderful. Uh, so that was legendary action after L's turn, which means it is now Rama's turn again. Can I drop the weapons? Like, on the ground? Yeah. If you want. Do you, did you forget you yeah, tricked it, you, you thing, wisdom? Oh! <laughs> no. You... I shouldn't have said anything. Fuck. Uh, I couldn't uh, do anything until I shot my friends, so I was hoping to drop the weapons. No. Um, yeah, would him being blown back 60 feet not negate that? Um, yeah. yeah. No. The power specifically states, um, yeah, that the only way to end this effect um, is to uh, deal damage to an allied target. Um, however, hearing that you were just knocked 60 feet, Go ahead and make me another constitution saving throw. Or sorry, uh it was a it was a wisdom saving throw. Seventeen. Does not save. Rama. Okay. Uh left or right hand. Left? Actually I don't need to ask that question because you attack more than once. Um you are going to uh train uh one of your guns on L and one on Mix. Um, make me attack rolls with each weapon. Hold up. You said roll... I can't... Can I just choose not to attack? It says the spell ends when I do damage, right? Uh, this thing is like... Uh, so this is a very particular effect. I was trying not to like just read it verbatim. Um, on a failed wisdom save, for one minute you are restrained in control of the uh, master of the lair, which is Telemax. Um, this power ends when you deal damage to an allied target. So roll two attack rolls. Can I do a bonus action first? No. Oh, God. 
a 19. Oh my god. Now, natural 20. Fuck! Who gets critted against, Rama? Who has more health? Me. I guess L. Roll damage. Fuck. Um, is this uh, one of my... Uh, a place where I could cast that shield power? Uh... Mm. You are being targeted by an enemy attack. You won't get the benefits of the counterattack for the shield. Okay. Because it is... Because uh, that will that'll raise my AC to 20. Mm. So it won't hit me. Okay. So, so it's just the crit against L. Uh, so I kid you not, the two dice I rolled uh, were one and a two out of ten. Um, plus five with the kinetic. So that's eight. <laughs> um, yeah, so you uh, you fire your bowcaster pistol um, at L. That's the hand cannon at L. <laughs> oh, then you, you fire the hand cannon at L. Um, and you see it collide uh, with a violent puff of blood as it strikes the outside of their shoulder. And you have wounded your ally and thus the restraining winds end their hold upon you. But that is your turn. Uh, the spell did end because I dealt damage. I mean, yes. I did use my attack. So do I still have my reaction and my bonus action? I'll give you your, your reaction and your bonus action, but because you've already used your attacks without activating your Akimbo oh. skill. Oh, wait, no, 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 this has nothing to do with yeah. that. I've got some maneuvers. Yeah. So you have your reaction okay. and bonus action. So, uh, okay, I'm going to use... Actually, can I try and force reflect that? It's a little late. Um, ah, okay, okay. Just straight up D20, it's going to be a roll-off. If you get higher, you can you can force reflect it. Higher than me. I'm just going to roll a raw, raw D20. 14. 7. Okay, you can force reflect it. The dice are with you. Okay, I rolled an 8, so... Uh, so do you not negate any damage from that? No, I negate all eight damage. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, so you are able to fully uh, deflect. Yeah, but since it's not a thing, I can't, like, shoot it at someone else. What is an, wait, is it Ion? Uh, he said with the hand cannon, so it is uh, It is a physical okay. slug. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but the unintended consequence of that is that Rama that's not good. has not dealt <laughs> damage to anybody to yet. Which means that ah. he is, in fact, still possessed by the swirling clouds of the storm. I stand by it. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind then. On Sorry the, about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is now Maybe going to be. Next time you won't roll a crit for one of them. It is now going to be mixed up <laughs> Natch's turn. Um, I'm gonna do the same spell again, irradiate. Okay. Um, to try to, um, exhaust him. So that's a another constitution saving throw. Eight plus con. Uh, he rolled a 14. That does not save. Let's fucking go. Okay, then he's going to burn another legendary resistance to instead save on that throw. Ugh, okay, fine. Well, I just used up all my tech points for that, but that's fine, I guess. Sorry about um, it. <laughs> so he takes seven damage instead. Okay. Similarly, again, you conjure an irradiant orb that uh, collides with his aura and seems to damage him, but not by much. Okay. It is now going to be Telemax's turn. 
once again. Telemax is, is going to bring the full brunt of this storm's dark energy to bear against you all, and the clouds above you crack with thunder and lightning. I need everybody to make me a dexterity saving throw. 13? 16? I had advantage, and I rolled a 2 twice, so oh my God. Uh, that's 7. The clouds part above you, and in a cacophony of thunder strikes, you all take 26 lightning damage. Okay, so I'm down. Yeah, Mix is down. I can have that, yeah? Mm. I'm still up. However, I have. I took the feats when I last leveled up Battle Scarred. So when I go to one, two, I drop to zero and fall down. I can get back up in a I didn't hear no bell kind of way and uh, get by with one HP. Okay. Um, is the spell skill going to be active now I've been downed? I think having been downed and saving yourself, the spell effects now end. Um, All right. I think we're being reduced to zero HP is a sufficient condition to end that spell. So, the lightning crashes at three distinct locations in this arena. One by Mix, one by Ron, and one by L. Mix, you are sent, singed and flying into the, the dirt and the dust, and you fall unconscious. Rama, you are able to stay steady on your feet, but only just supporting yourself on one knee. And L, you remain the lone fighter standing at the moment. It is your turn. I'm, what, 60 feet away? Mm-hmm. <sighs> How far away am I from Mix? You are 20 feet away from Mix um, and 20 feet away from Rama, but in opposite directions. Well, Mix is currently down right now. So um, I will run over to Mix and lend aid. So you get 10 health. And that is my action. I don't even need to tell you what my bonus action is. Uh, lend aid is a bonus action if you want Oh, way. sick. Okay. Um. So that's like twenty. I'm over already over here. Uh, I don't really have. Mm, might as well just throw my. How far away am I from Telemax? Still, am I still sixty feet? Still sixty feet. Yeah, you're you're traveling horizontally. Gotcha. Fuck. Mm. I'm just gonna take the dodge action. Honestly. Fair enough. You lay your hands on Mix, giving them renewed vigor and life. And up above, you hear the same swirling of helicopter blades, and another spotlight flashes upon you through the eye of the storm. And up above, on the crest of the crater behind you, stands the figures of your Jedi Masters, Valkyrie, and Akala. And you all enter the fray. 
Akala. I'm going to put you, since you're the latecomer, right after L in the initiative order. Akala, it is your turn. You're on the crest of the crater. We're going to say, since we already kind of rolled for you to enter the fight, that you are able to descend with your Jedi Masters into the battle free of charge in terms of movement. And you now find yourself um, at the outer edges of the circle, and you see in front of you your friends dying. What would you like to do? Um, yeah, I'm going to land gracefully and, um... The swirl of clouds and your, your cloak kind of draping over <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no, very cinematically. Um, she, uh, pulls out her shield that is on her back and illuminates it. Um, and for... If you're looking at Akala, when you see her light up her shield, you are used to the golden yellow light that usually comes uh, off of her arm, but this time when she turns it on, you see a deep purple come out oh. of the shield. And um, as awesome. it encircles the metal of the shield, um, in the last episode, I kind of described that there was a sort of a texture on the front of it um, that looked different than the old design. Um, so as the uh, purple beam kind of encircles this metal, you see the texture light up um, and you see the inside of this shield is textured to look like a galaxy when it is lit. And she, even when she doesn't move it very much, even when she's just holding it and it's just kind of naturally moving on her person, you can see that it like twinkles with light, different shades of purple coming through this textured metal um and yeah it's it's a new site and she holds it very proudly um and uh i think she goes over to ellen mix first um crouches down hello there would you like some help yeah we'll take all the help we can get i'm on it I'm gonna attack the bitch. Let's go attack the bitch. <laughs> you stand up, uh, your your purple uh, swirling galactic shield uh, shimmering, the dagger of Ashla on your hip, and you do battle. Uh, what do you do? I am going to uh, twin saber throw at the man. Hell yeah. Um, that is a 17 to hit. Uh, it does not hit. Okay, well, never mind then. Um, I, that's really all I can do. I guess I miss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I used my bonus action for a uh, force imbuement to raise the, the, my modifier. Wonderful. Um, you boot up your, your new shield and you toss it. Um, I want to focus on a moment here as you catch your shield as it is parried by the lightning of Telemax and you catch it again. We're going to flash back for a moment now to when you created your new light weapon. Uh, walk me through uh, the creation of your new shield. Yeah, um, so the first time when she was making Soul, um, this was a very long and arduous process um, because no one had made a fucking lightsaber shield before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, she's going into it a little more experienced this time. So um, she doesn't want it to change that much as far as, like, um, you know, aerodynamics and actual design and stuff go. 
Um, so she, it does take her still some time to complete this because it's not an easy task to design a lightsaber blade to go in a circle instead of a, instead of a straight line. Um, but yeah, she, um, I think takes some new metal from, uh, the forge, uh, and works on it over time, over a few days, maybe even a few weeks. Um, and the crystal, her, uh, kyber crystal is still right in the middle where it was before. Um, and I think she would probably ask for bronze for some help with the texturing because she has a very specific look she's going for. Um, but yeah, um, it's easier this time. So you, uh, in the Jedi Order, in the forge and at the workshop tables, you spend the time over weeks uh, laboring over your new creation. And with the help of bronze and ugly, you are able to get it to its final form and assemble it like you did for the very first time. And it glows with a purple glow. And bronze and ugly stand next to you in the forge. And ugly says, you've done it again. Spectacular for the second time. And bronze says, a nice piece of craftsmanship. Does it uh, have a name? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it deserves a new name. Have you thought of one? Yeah. This is Solaris. Beautiful name. And then we flash cut to the present battlefield in the eye of the storm. Akala, after your turn, Telemax uh, looks annoyed and he crosses his arms, still hovering in front of you, and he says, Foul interlopers. Foul smelling at that, I know the perfumed sweetness of the Ashla when it comes near. And he locks eyes with you for a moment, Akla, and he eyes the dagger on your hip, and he says, I think I've had enough fun. And he flies backwards over to the center of the pit, um, and you feel these force of winds around you. The Jedi Masters plus Valkyrie um, who did not go into the chopper with wings and gaunt, but rather stayed to come with you guys, um, come down to meet the others in the pit as well. Um, this is how it shakes out. Master Ugle flanks you, Akala. Kobe, of course, goes to L. Valkyrie sidles up to mix and match, or as perhaps you know him, Poku. And Bronze comes next to Rama. Hardly a moment can be shared between these uh, four pairs of heroes before the gale force winds and lightning start to move the arena. And in between these four groups erects a wall of cloud and lightning as you are for the moment isolated from each other. You are all able to see to the center of Telemax as the lightning gathers around him and starts to swirl and buzz in a more angry and agitated fashion from that swirling lightning emits four distinct sprites, one for each pair of people. And here combat will change slightly. Rama, you are hoisted to your feet by a pair of gruff hands, and you look to your left and you see a mustachioed man with blonde hair, graying slightly at the edges, lift you up and says, On your feet, soldier. We're not all done fighting yet. 
um, and he uh, stabs into your side a stim pack that is going to heal you for a good old uh, 15 health. Oh, this is spot. I'm going to just for a half a second leave in for the Kadavi kiss and just touch my helmet to his forehead. Thanks, Bronze. We've got some work to do. Let me show you how an old dog throws down. Um, these lightning sprites that admit towards these four distinct groups in this arena now walled off from each other. They are tall, humanoid-shaped, reminiscent of the form of Telemax himself, but made of pure lightning. Um, the f- sprite that is sealed with you and Bronze Rama uh, stands before you. Since it is uh, your initiative at the top of the order, Rama, uh, Bronze will act on your initiative before you. You notice that he is weaponless. He does not hold a lightsaber. Instead, he stands before you, giving you a brief reprieve from the fighting. And he outstretches his palms up, his hands, and he grips it. And you f- it grips the air, and you feel the earth underneath you royal with that movement. And he pulls up from the ground force two mighty fists of stone. And with two attacks against the sprite, he will strike it with his force-imbued fists. And he will get a 16 and a 17 to hit, which for these sprites is good enough. And he is going to deal 17 damage to the sprite isolated with you and bronze, Rama. And it is now your turn to attack. Uh, how close is it? Uh, it is moved within 30 feet of you. Got it. Let's see. What's the minimum range on... Nope. I'm going to take out the... I'm going to holster the weapons and take out the sword. <laughs> Excellent choice. Reaction, bonus action, what kind of action? Uh, to holster, we'll say that that's a... Uh, to holster both pistols, we're going to say that's a... Uh, God, we did make a ruling about this. I think it mo- makes the most sense for it to be a free object interaction to holster. Okay. And then to grab this, the war sword, though, off the back? <laughs> uh, we'll call that a bonus action. All right. Um, sweet. Um, so in that case, I am going to... Oh, shoot. I need bonus actions for the for the sword special abilities. Damn. Okay. Um Okay, in that case, I'm just going to attack three times with the sword. Uh, Two for extra attack and one for haste. So I'm going to run towards it while it's getting beaten up by fists of (laughs) rock. Made made of earth and rock, yeah. Slashed into it with a flaming Beskar sword. 13 and a 21 and a 25. Although I'm going to burn... Precision attack on the 13 to add, uh, damn. <laughs> to add a 1. <laughs> so that's a 14, a 21, a 25. Uh, to hit, or? Yes. Uh, the 21 and the 25 hit, the 14 does not. Damn. Well, there goes a spirit die. Okay. It's 23 plus the fire. 25. 25 damage. Yep. Working in concert with Bronze and his conjured earthen fists, you dart towards the sprite that is taking the dark form of the visage of your greatest enemy. And working 
in tandem with your mind, he out, a bronze outstretches an earthen palm, giving you a platform to leap into the air and strike twice against this creature. Your blows with your Beskar steel sword imbued with the powers of fire and gravity itself cut this sprite to ribbons, dispelling it. And from the center of Telemax, you hear a deep and pained screech. And next, we will move to Mix and Valkyrie. Valkyrie approaches you, Mix, as these walls come up and takes off his helmet and says, Hey, Mix. Sorry to give you a scare. Yeah, man. He lives. Look at that. (laughs) You didn't exactly follow up for a visit, Doc. Hey, I was busy. Got stuff to do. Yeah, clearly. Uh, here, you might want this. And he's gonna hit you with a stim pack as well. Which is going to heal you for 20 HP. Let's go. That's helpful. Um, Valkyrie's got a shotgun. Uh, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Right. Uh, So he hits you with a stim pack and then turns away, positioning himself between you and this floating sprite and says, what the fuck are we even fighting? (laughs) And he's going to make uh, two weapon attacks against the sprite. First one is not going to hit. Second one's a crit. Poku crits, baby! Let's um, go, Poku! <laughs> you know I'm gonna I gave him a speeder as a child. You know I'm gonna, <laughs> you know I'm gonna double the dice. Um, go. It's gonna be eight, nine, uh, 16, 20. It's gonna be 27 damage against the storm sprite. Let's um, go! He turns away from you, puts his helmet back on, and cocks his shotgun and launches three shells directly into the lightning of this thing, but it does not go down. In fact, it seems to persist even through the buckshot that just went through its somewhat incomporious form. But you see that it is diminished significantly, and Mix, it is now your turn to act. Yeah, I'm just gonna kick its ass with my lightsaber. Kick its ass um, with your lightsaber, then. Regular attack and extra attack. Love to see. That is a 25 to hit for the first one, and a 16 for the second one. Hits and hits. And I'm going to pump some uh, force-empowered strikes into it. That is 20 damage to it. Wonderful. So Valkyrie, uh, a.k.a. Poku, unleashes these shells into this thing, walking steadily towards it. And as he hears your footsteps running up behind him in the ignition of the lightsaber, he ducks down, letting you leap over him as he crouches and you strike this thing several times with your lightsaber, killing it and dispelling it, and a second horrid cry can be heard from Telemax. And it is now his turn to act. Um, so he is going to act through the two remaining storm sprites, which are with L and Kobe and Akala and Ugwe. So the first is going to uh, make a lightning attack against uh, you, Akala. I'm actually going to roll these simultaneously. It's going to be against uh, L and Akala, respectively. So I'm just going to roll mm-hmm. twice to save some time. The one against Akala is going to hit. Um, which is What'd you going, get? Uh, 20? Yeah, that hits. Um, the one against uh, L is not going to hit. 
Um, so against Akala, you're going to take... Oh, also the one against me would have been at disadvantage, but it doesn't matter. You're going to take uh, 12 electric damage as this sprite uh, throws out a whip of electricity to try and ensnare you. Um, and it comes and lashes across uh, your shield and finds purchase on the bare skin underneath uh, the unarmored bits of your body. Um, but it is uh, now going to be uh, L and Kobe's turn. Similar to the other ones, Kobe um, comes up to you, L, and says, I've got your back, kid, um, and slaps, uh, slaps you also with a healing item. Thick. To the tune of... 12 HP. Yay! Um, Kobe is going to draw his double-bladed lightsaber. Um, it is going to make a series of uh, light weapon attacks. Uh, it uh, kicks on, and you see the light uh, blue glow uh, resonate around you. Um, uh, and he, he looks at you and says, it's going to be the old one-two punch. You ready? You got it. Only one of those attacks hits, unfortunately. Um, he rushes towards the lightning sprite um, and starts uh, dueling battle with it, sort of dueling with its lightning tendrils, but is able to sneak in a hit to the tune of nine up to 18 damage. Um, so he's going to do 18 damage to this thing, and now, L, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to uh, hit it with the Staff of the Bendu. Wonderful. And the lowest is a 16. The other is a 24. Both hit. I'm going to force Empowered Strike one of these. Plus two is 15. Plus 14 is 29. Okay. You are able to finish this thing off. Uh, flavor for me how you and your master uh, dismember the sprite. Okay, so I think uh, Kobe and L do that cool like back-to-back thing, which is where they stand. Uh, Kobe goes in and swipes his first uh, lightsaber uh, swing up and just barely misses as a lightning tendril sort of juts it out of the way, but then on the back swing comes down and as he is moved over, and uh, swiping upward uh, with his offhand attack, L kind of rolls around his back and just goes down with the staff of the Bendu and then jabs it through the center with the force-empowered strike, rending it from inside to out. (laughs) You are a swirl of lightsabers and stabs as you work in tandem to cut this thing into pieces, culminating in that thrust of your staff you hear another cry of pain come from Telemax, leaving just a singular sprite with Akala and Ugle. Now, I think Ugle is going to confer with you, Akala, and say, Hello, disciple. Quite a battle we have dropped ourselves into, and I can think of no better option than to give this thing a double dose of the light of the Ashla. And he, instead of drawing his lightsaber, takes a Kamehameha stance and waits for you to mirror him. <laughs> I forgot I had this. <laughs> oh my god. Awesome. Uh, it's a level one conjuration, right, you said? Mm. Yeah, let's fucking do it. Great. Um, 
So what I'll have you do is since you guys are going to be doing this in concert, whatever you roll, just go ahead and double that for Uglay's damage as well. Okay. Um, what's the damage? 3d6 plus 2? You said you want me to roll for him too? Yeah. Okay. That is, ooh. Uh, 18 for Ankala. 11 for Uglay. So that's, what, 29? Or, yeah, 29? 29 damage. That is enough to destroy this sprite completely. You both take stances opposite each other as you uh, place yourselves in a sort of uh, martial arts stance, putting the weight on your back foot and holding your hands close to your chest, and golden lights begin to form in the sets of palms of you and Uglay as you conjure the light of Ashla and both shoot twin laser beams of light straight through not only the storm sprite, but to the center of the arena, hitting Telemax as well, and he screeches a terrible scream. The walls of cloud and lightning fall away, rejoining all of the party, and Telemax is there, hovering above the pool, the lightning gone from him as he descends to the surface next to the pool, looking exhausted and battered, and he says, I will not go again into the night. And on the layer action's turn, once again, the party will be buffeted by these strong winds that he summons from the storm. Now, what I would like is, instead of rolling for your own characters, roll the save for your companions. And to remind you, that save will be a wisdom saving throw. So are we rolling with their stats or with our stats? Roll with your stats. Okay, so... Oh, it's a... Sorry, it's a constitution saving throw. Ah, oh, damn it. Damn. Yeah, wisdom with would have been With our own stats, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I was like, because Bronze has got to have a giga chat of a con, but yeah, it's all right. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. I have proficiency, so I'm a fighter. That's not too bad. That's a 17. Uh, 19. Um, Valk got an 18, and Ugle got a 14. Okay. Unfortunately, none of your companions save against this power. You are once again buffeted by an intense uh, feeling of cold and air pressure as this wave crashes against these pairs of heroes. And your companions, your greatest supporters, your teachers, are flung not only out of range, but to the edge of the arena through the other side of the fog door. And that fog door seems to darken and intensify with electricity. And from the center, by the pit, Telemax reaches a terrible part Wookiee, part insectoid hand into the pool of blood, and from it, grasps a gleaming, terrible fire-red sword, and he says, No more interlopers. No more tricks. Let's finish this. And he starts to close the distance on just you four. I'm going to allow you guys to form up close together, and I'm going to say that he's going to close the gap so that we are going to start this next phase of combat within 30 feet of each other. This is a knockdown, drag-out fight. Swords against swords. We're going to start at the top of the initiative order with Rama. 
Hey guys, it's getting awfully close. Uh, I got a plan B if anyone's willing to listen. Hell, remember that time we used a couple of mines to uh speed it up, Rama. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I got four. I got four mines. Can you use the force with them or something? Yeah, you want me to throw the mines at them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, I mean, how many of this are there? We could prime them all to blow up at the same time, knock them back. Are we really going to do this again? It was fun the first time. Mix, you should have seen it. That shit was awesome. I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, action economy for priming a mine uh, is in action unless DM says otherwise. So, uh, going to uh, prime a mine. <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> Question. So, are we yep. just throwing one mine at him? No, so, I've got four. And I'm wondering if I can... Wondering That would if... take two rounds to prime them and throw them. That's a good point. Now they're proximity mines, too. Okay. I'll put it in the back pocket. That's a good point. <laughs> There's a very funny uh, juxtaposition that I'm going to hear in the edit that it's like, it's a knockdown, drag out fight with swords against swords. And Rama's like, I got mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good point. That's Don't a bring good a point, sword yeah. to a mine fight. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Damn, if only Rama had a sword. Fair and valid. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, all right. <laughs> in that case, I'm going to be like, uh, I'll just keep in my back pocket just in case. Uh, see you guys in a second. And I'm going to use the... Uh, I'm going to rush forward and then drop the... Uh, use a bonus action to use the excessive force and use the kyber shard and the hilt uh, to imbue it with the power of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is an extra... D- 12 bludgeoning damage with the power of gravity on Telemax. What is the uh, roll to hit there? I'm working on it. Okay, 15 years. Next to this toy. Okay, next damage. So, that is a total of three attacks. Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, two nat ones. <laughs> My god. Ouch. It's a 25. Okay, the 25 will hit. <laughs> God. The two down ones. Not Jim. Oh, why? Okay, so here we go. So the D12 bludgeoning. I need to find the D12 real quick. It is a three. That is 22. Oh, and the fire. That is 24. 24 damage. That's uh, quite good. So, yeah. So you, uh, you kind of rev your sword and charge in. Um, activating the special enhancement from the claw. Um, you miss twice, and he parries your blows deftly and mocks you and says, Pathetic. And you turn around and activate the claw enhancement, and with a big uppercut swing, you collide with his blade, but the power of that like gravitational technology sends him uh, 10 feet into the air as you strike him for this damage, um, impacting his sword, but still forcing him with the might of that blow up into the air from where he was standing, and he falls back down in front of you. It is now uh, Mix and Match's turn. So he's not on the ground? Does he come back down to the ground? Yeah, he does. It's just... Okay, just, I was going to say. Um, okay, great. Um, yeah, just... Um, lightsaber blows hoping to hit two attacks that's not gonna hit and that probably won't hit either um 14 nope yeah 
Um, great. Uh, that's it then. Yeah, so Mix, you approach and try to swing with your lightsaber, and he's able to recover in time to parry both of your blows with his dark side imbued uh, force sword. It is now his turn. Um, and against each of you, uh, against Rama, he's going to make two uh, melee sword attacks with his sword, and against Mix, he's going to make one. So for Rama, let's see, that's going to be a 22. That's uh, going to be, okay, two 22, so those are both going to hit Rama. Then for Mix, that's also going to be over 30, so that's definitely going to hit. So, oh my god. So for Rama, that's going to be a total of 30 damage. Uh, Rama's down. <laughs> um, and for Mix, that is only going to be 15 damage. Um, so as he uh, reposts and strikes back, um, Rama, he gives you a cut across your chest that slices into your Beskar steel armor. Um, inexplicably and sends you back flying and unconscious and makes he only deals you a serious but not mortal blow and it is now going to be L's turn okay bonus action phase strike Okay. which doubles my moving speed effectively and I get advantage on this first attack 20 20 hits. I am going to force empowered strike, third level, and then I'm going to set 5d8 of damage. 6, 7, 14, 19, 21, plus 7, 6, 7, 14, 19. Plus seven is 28 damage on the first hit. Okay. And then I'm going to burn my last channel of the force um, to falling avalanche. I reduce my speed by half to gain advantage on the next ability check or attack roll. And since I just added 30 feet and reduced it by half, it still counts. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm going to try really, really hard <laughs> to crit. <laughs> Okay, that's not a crit, but that definitely hits. Okay, no. Um, that is a 30 to hit. That hits. Wow. Um, and then I'm going to burn my last three force points to uh, force empowered strike. 20 plus 7, 27 damage. Okay. Oh, wait. Another 6 damage. Are you striking with your lightsaber or the staff? I am striking with the staff. Okay, wonderful. Um, so you see Rama get flung back um, in front of you, and you see Mix take this uh, deep slashing blow. Um, you run by uh, Rama's uh, unconscious body, and with the might of the staff, make several blows against him that collide with the sword. But you see as your staff collides with the sword, this like impact, like a... Uh, a vacuum expanding under uh, an infinitesimal point resounds at each strike as you feel the power of the Bendu course through the staff and you deal devastating damage against Telemax and his uh, non-lightning adorn uh, mortal form. And it will be Akala's turn. Fuck him up. 
One second. Or not. Take your time. As long as it's sick, I don't really care what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna face throw. That's a 22 to hit. Um. It's a yes or no question. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, 22 does hit. What do you mean, sure? Okay, okay. Um. Don't great. question it. Just take the hit. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and so, how far away is he from me? Uh, he is 30 feet. Um, great. So, face throw hits him twice, and then I'm also going to do twin saber throw, which allows me to teleport within five feet of him and hit him again. Wonderful. And what was the rolls to hit? Um, that's, it's just that. That's, that was oh, my it's... roll to hit. Oh, okay. 22, yeah. 22, okay, wonderful. So, uh, damage. 20 damage total. Um, he is on, uh, what looks to be his, uh, last legs. Uh, Rama, I need a, uh, saving throw for you. I need a death save. Uh, that's a net one. That's gonna be two fails. (gasps) Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, as a legendary action after your turn, Telemax is going to, yes, strike, mix with lightning. So I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. That's nat 20. Nat 20 saves. Um, you are, he calls down lightning to strike you from above, but you are able to dexterously dive out of the way, avoiding any more damage. Um, wonderful. Mix it is your turn. Yeah, I'm going to just, yeah, lightsaber hit again. Wonderful. Roll to hit. That's not going to hit. That is, uh, 15 probably. Yeah, 15. Uh, 15 does not hit. He's able to parry your lightsaber blows, even in his diminished state, and it is now his turn. Since Akala just teleported to him using the shield strike, he is going to target her exclusively, and he is going to make three attacks against you, Akala. One of those does not hit. It's going to be a 28, and then a six. So those yeah, both those, hit. Those both hit. Fifteen. It's going to be twenty-two damage against you. As he strikes you thrice or twice with his sword, and you catch it on your shield, but it leaves grooves and dents in the metal, and the tip is able to cut you several times on its uh, way to your shield. It is now going to be Elle's turn again. I am fully tapped. So I am going to do the only thing I can do, which is whack him twice with a stick. Hey, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day with D&D. Oh, after, all the, the fan- <laughs> after all the fancy stuff is, is said and done, after two and a half hours, it's stick whacking time. Uh, that is a 20 on the first one. Not natural. Fuck. Don't get excited. Uh, that is 14 damage on the first hit. 14 damage, okay. And then on the second hit, 
30 to hit. Um, 30 to hit. That does hit. I would assume so. Another 14 damage. And then, in a wild break from tradition, uh, instead of taking a Sheehan form as a bonus action, I'm going to try for one more hit. Okay. I'm going to kiss my little dice. And I'm going to... I really would like this to be a crit. I think that'd be so sexy of this die. I did not get a crit. <laughs> I did get a 23, though. Okay. Before I talk about that, um, Mix, on behalf of Match, um, give me a uh, technology check. If you hurt him, I'm going to kill you, just so you know. <laughs> That's an 11. I'll let you roll with inspiration. Give me one more try. 14? Okay. During this, Match at some point dislodges itself from you, Mix, and goes over to fly to Rama, who is bleeding out badly and unconscious from his wounds. This droid is not a medical droid. Cannot give Rama any HP. But it does cauterize the bleeding, bleeding wound, stabilizing Rama. For the moment. Now, with your strikes with the staff of the Bendu, you beat back this thing's guard with its sword. This giant Wookiee with tentacles and stingers, this monstrosity is beaten back, and you knock the sword from its hands and strike it across the head and shoulders with your staff of the Bendu. And it falls to its knees, and for a moment collapses, having been reduced to very little life. And yet, as it lays there still for a moment, the red ichor, the blood from the forge, starts crawling into his wounds. And with another gasp of life, he props himself up on his hand and his knee, and he gasps and says, The seat of my power, such wooden sticks cannot destroy me. And Akala, it is your turn. Yeah, um, I'm going to pull out the dagger, Alu Eridi, is that what it's called? Eridi, um, yeah, Eridi. I'm going to activate it by sacrificing all 28 of my force points out of 30. To activate it, and I'm going to walk up to Telemax and um, hit him with it. You take all of the energy, your your entire every ounce, every drop, every fiber of the force power that you have welled up inside of you, and you channel it into the broken hilt of this silver an emerald encrusted dagger and instead of a broken dagger what emerges forth from your grip as you do this and activate it is a radiant golden great sword that shines with the light of the sun with the warmth of all that is good and light and you approach the kneeling form of telemax how do you strike him down i walk up to him i think i crouch down so i'm on his level And I say, 
There is no death. There is only the Force. And as you do, the sword, you feel no resistance as it tears through its flesh. It pierces it like light may pierce a pane of glass. And you see the very fabric of his skin and his being become severed from the power of the Force as he crumbles away into nothingness. And the battle is won. Yay! Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rama's still unconscious. Your allies are at the edge of the force storm as the walls um, artificially manipulated of the storm uh, fall away. And a normal light rain is falling all around you um, where the storm was. The magical dark component of it um, has left this world. Uh, the storm does not dissipate right away, but the rain feels nice and cleansing upon your skin as the evil that was Telemax is cast away with the combined might of the Bendu and the Ashla and the bringers of light, the champions of all that is good. The Argonauts, Mix, Rama, El, and Akala, plus their mentors and greatest allies, are victorious on the Battle of Lehan. All of you fall into a predictable state of exhaustion together. As your allies are able to re-enter the fray, you are taken care of. Aid is administered to Rama to save him from the most grievous of ends from his wounds, but he is still in critical condition, though he is for the moment fine. You all, as fast as you can, make the trek back from outside of the crater and are scooped up by a Black Hawk helicopter that is able to land now that the hurricane has cleared of lightning and storm. And you guys are taken back to the safety of the Thorn and the other ships. Epilogue. The party returns through the closing infinity gates from the planet of Lehan after the battle with Telemax, the last emperor of the Infinite Empire. Now, several days pass as at the Jedi Order, uh, the news of your battle and your victory uh, makes its way through the Order, and you are called eventually all, uh, the entire party, including the full crew of your ship, to the Jedi Council uh, chambers, and you are one by one brought up in front of the Jedi Council and the Chancellor of the Republic to explain the events of the battle. And after each one of you one by one has explained all that has happened, uh, the Grand Master of the Jedi Order, Emmy Grimwald, says to you all, you all have done a terrific service for the Jedi Order and for the galaxy in eliminating this threat. We truly cannot thank you enough for your service. And the Chancellor of the Republic picks up and says, 
Yes, quite. You all are truly heroes of the Republic. Unfortunately, tales of long-forgotten empires, magical artifacts, these are most troubling. You understand, we must find some way to explain this to the people that doesn't freak everybody out a bit. I mean, we had portals in the sky, and uh, tales of undead ghosts is hardly the tales that we should be telling our people. So, uh, my office will be working to um, spin the tale of your heroism slightly in the coming days. Nothing to be worried about, just we're going to clean up some details about ghosts trying to steal bones and make things more palatable for the public. Are we going to have, like, final approval on that? Um, uh, well, if you would like to sort of control your own narrative of the people, I would not be too, uh, opposed to that. And he kind of, like, tips his nose at you, uh, Mix. Uh, was that Mix or Oculus? Oh, that was you? Mix, of course. Oh, yeah. That was Mix. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how Oculus just started talking like that. <laughs> Akala also discovered weed recently. <laughs> Lost her British accent. She's just. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She hasn't been British this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just been stressed. She's not actually just... British. <laughs> <laughs> That's, just... That's the fan theory I like, like to hear. when they're stressed. Yeah. <laughs> and the video is sad. The animal is stressed. <laughs> to Groon's only display British accents when they're incredibly stressed. <laughs> Speaking of not tapping on the glass, uh, the Grand Mistress, I mean Grimwald, uh, considers Aaron, uh, the currently uh, Claudite-looking robotic cyborg uh, part, organic part, synthetic creature, and says, And speaking of spinning stories, uh, Aaron, right, uh, there's sort of an open question about what we should do about you, dear friend. Considering you uh, have a powerful artifact within yourself that must be accounted for. Yes, Grand Mistress. It, uh, this is a complicated question because I think that this thing is essential to my continued existence. Uh, hey, look, I don't want to take responsibility for him. I'm, uh, heading toward retirement, but, uh, I'm gonna vote he gets to keep the thing inside of him that keeps him running. What do you mean you don't want to take responsibility for me? Uh, I mean, I'm not exactly your father. Like, paternity, paternity, I'm not your dad, so, you know... We, we can still hang out. I just I, I don't want to be your legal guardian in case you uh, do something cataclysmic, you know? Yes, it would be a shame if I did something crazy like, I don't know, try to enter Coruscant without the proper clearance or shoot up a bar. Perhaps How do you it know would about be that? a bad idea if I challenged <laughs> Wait the Jedi. A minute. <laughs> Who said? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wouldn't it be just awful if I participated in war? Or maybe bounty hunting? Alright, 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 alright. We'll talk about it later. I'm just saying, I got a real peaceful plot of land in Alderaan calling my name. And, uh... We'll talk about it later. Just, all I'm saying... Don't take out the man's 
it, orb of the one mind. Never take out a man's orb of the one mind. Hmm. This is one sassy little robot. I think that I must agree that, Rama, perhaps you are not the best legal guardian of Aaron. On the other hand... That's, that's not quite what I said. I said I, uh, I'm not going to be a legal guardian. I would be the best legal guardian. Or, I'd be the second best legal guardian. Well, um... I think, then, the matter is more or less settled. Aaron, uh, you will periodically report to the Jedi Temple for maintenance and uh, evaluation of your status with the Orb of the One Mind within inside of your chest, but as you are a fully sentient being, I think it is most appropriate that you yourself pick uh, what it is you'd like to do with your life. Uh, we have some suggestions. If you would like to follow Mr. Viron around, that I assume is... I mean, that's permissible. You can always do that. Um, I would suggest maybe diversifying your role models. Uh, but <laughs> you may uh, go, I think, as you please. Um, and there's no real kind of naysaying from the Jedi, uh, rest of the Jedi Council. Um, yes, well, if that matter is settled, uh, there is one final thing I would like to uh, say to all of you, the Argonauts and all members of the crew of the Thorn. You four, Mix, El, Rama, and Akala, as the Chancellor of the Republic, I would like to bestow upon you a new rank of office. For your many heroic deeds, your valor in the face of certain defeat, and your unwavering dedication to peace and prosperity, in the face of evil, I bestow upon all of you the rank of Primarch, a rank individual to all of you. It is the highest military honor we can bestow upon all of you. You are honorary commanders in the Republic military. Anywhere you go on a Republic world, the armies will recognize you as superior officers. Your heroism will be known far and wide across the galaxy. You are entitled to a Republic stipend of modest sum for your living expenses, and the Republic will help you secure land wherever you wish to settle down. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we like to hear. We are much honored. May the Force be with you. And Rama, like, gives a salute. Um, you uh, are bestowed upon uh, you the rank of Primarch. Like the uh, Chancellor said, it is the highest military honor that can be bestowed um, upon you. You get a, a Republic stipend, and you're gifted um, property on any world that you would like to settle down on, should you choose to accept that. You're also given golden tokens that um, signify your rank as Primarch, that wherever you go, if you bestow this um, upon people that uh, are familiar uh, with you and your deeds, you will be treated as heroes um, and given the utmost respect um, and uh, even be able to command soldiers um, should you ever wish to do so. Um, the symbols are uh, made of pure gold and are specialized to each member of the Argonauts. Um, for Mix, uh, you, they, so the base of these sigils are all the, the Jedi symbol, which is a circle with a lightsaber like sticking through it. Um, but they are especially adorned to 
to match the heroic deeds that you guys had accomplished throughout the campaign. Um, so uh, for Mix, uh, there is a, a Jedi symbol uh, made of pure gold that is modified so that the ring around the lightsaber is a gear, uh, like a cog gear, um, that has um, like little uh, engraved wires, sort of like a bomb engraved around it um, to commemorate your heroic deeds. Um, for Rama, um, similar, it is a Jedi symbol order, um, but instead of a uh, just a lightsaber in the center, there is a dragon's. Or sorry, there is a uh, there is a rose uh, engraved there for you to commemorate your rose knights and your dedication to Rosie. Um, for L, it is a Jedi Order symbol with the uh, skull of uh, the uh, dragon from the battle beneath Coruscant, with a little half crescent moon behind it. And for Akala, it is the Jedi Order symbol with a uh, luminous, a uh, purple sun in the center of it. And again, all of these sigils are made of gold and are particularized to you. Um, so those are your Primark sigils. Um, and from here, um, I would like to go uh, with you guys. Um, for first, I would like to kind of give you guys a world epilogue, and then we will uh, go one by one talking about what happens to your characters after this point. So, the world after the defeat of Telemax of the Infinite Empire. The Jedi, with the help of the Argonauts, has secured all of the artifacts. Um, Akla uh, and El are in possession of two artifacts themselves, and Aaron, of course, has the Orb of the One Mind. Um, the staff, the uh, staff of the Bendu, is deemed not a threat to the Galactic Republic. Um, and although it is an artifact of great power, um, the staff is not a weapon designed to conquer and end worlds. However, the Infinity Gates have started to pop up sporadically since the staff was uncovered from <laughs> Rhodia. Um, which means that there is sort of ongoing research into Infinity Gate technology that has been spawned by uh, the relocation of the staff and the activation of those gates from the center of Rhodia. Um, so the Jedi are focused on that problem going forward. As for uh, the dagger, um, Akala, uh, it is in your possession. Uh, what does Akala do with the, uh, the dagger of Ashla? Um, so I think Akala would, I think the first instinct would be to return it, um, back to the Grandmaster who gave it to her, but I guess it would be up to the Grandmaster to see if it should be kept in Akala's possession or not. Yes, so you, uh, shortly after the meeting with the, the full Jedi Council and the Chancellor, uh, you approach the Grandmaster in her office, and she says, Ah, hello, Akla. Good to see you. It's been so long. Yeah, good to see you, too. Um, I have the, I have the dagger still. Um, would you like me to return that? Would you like me to hold on to it? Is that like procedure, anything like that? Um, she looks at you and smiles and sort of raises her eyebrows and says, Ah, dear girl, it does my heart proud that you would even come to ask such a question. 
because in your asking you reveal the true nature of your heart. And your heart is good. I think it would be best with such a weapon that it is constantly kept away from the hands and or holsters of people that may use them, so we avoid any sort of unnecessary temptations. But I hear that you only use the sword but once, and that your discretion was the height of valor for the battle. And for that, I commend you. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I did only use it once. As it should be. And I believe that the Ashla is pleased. Um, she receives from you back uh, Alu Eridai, the once again broken and shattered form of the Dagger of the Ashla. Um, from there, the the dagger of the Ashla, the uh, crown of Erebus, um, and the ring of Crimson Life are sealed deep beneath the earth of Coruscant, and to please the Bendu's uh, arbitrary whims was encased in a box of molten silver. Thank fucking God. <laughs> I'll watch them do that too. Uh, hard cut to bronze and mix in the forge, melting down multiple like yeah. buckets of silver spoons to create like a 60 pound block of silver to lock these things in. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's got to be the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like you're kind of like holding onto your staff and like you hear faint whispers of like as the silver's being poured, you just hear like, yeah, yeah, good, good, yeah, silver, nice. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Rob earlier in the season, pure silver. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, we're going to move now to another scene. Um, uh, a few days pass from when you guys are bestowed the rank of Primarch, um, and you are all summoned, um, just the four of you, um, plus Aaron and, uh, match. Yeah. And match. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, and you guys are, are summoned to, uh, the grand mistress's, uh, Zen sand garden, um, near Akala's garden in the temple grounds. Um, and she is meditating, um, and you guys are kind of brought to her uh, by Master Ugle. Um, and the Grand Master looks old. She has always looked old, but she looks especially weary now um, after the events of all that has happened. Um, and still floating, she uh, turns to you all and says, Ah, hello. Good to see everybody again. Um, there was just some quick business that I had to finish up uh, because I am uh, going to go on a long journey soon and I hate to have outstanding debts. Um, so, uh, L, dear, please, if you could uh, just plant your staff into the ground uh, wherever you see fit, uh, we could get on with it. Can I insight check? Sure, yeah, you can insight check. She's going on a long journey. We all know what that means. <laughs> I know. I check that. But I just want to roll dice. <laughs> 23. 23. Um, you know that the, the Grand Mistress has been 
an old Grandmaster of the Jedi Order since before you were ever an Acolyte. And that, by all accounts, um, has lived far beyond the years of a typical human. Um, you suspect greatly that in her long life, uh, the Grand Mistress may have uh, kept many secrets um, and have has learned much powerful knowledge to extend her life, but that perhaps uh, you might learn some of that here today. Um, what would you like to do? Um, I feel like there's probably some specific kinds of decorum uh, and protocol for interacting with the Grand Mistress. Uh, and so I will step forward from the group and uh, plant the staff right next to me. It, and then as it, I assume, becomes a giant tree, I'm going to go up to the mistress and give her a big hug. Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah, you, uh, you plant your staff in the ground and, um, as you do and, and leave it there, um, from it grows a great roots and it becomes this thin willowy, but vibrant, uh, willow tree. Um, and you don't, uh, yeah, like true to what you said, you don't really like take a good look at the tree, um, but you go and give, uh, the grand mistress a hug and she, uh, um, she's floating so you get to hug her at like shoulder height um uh, yeah Elle is just this burly kind of person yeah huge muscular arms one old frail arm uh kind of wraps around you and pats your head and says oh dear you're such a good boy you've done so well um all of you have done amazing as a matter of fact um We'll do a good emotional thing in a, in a minute, but uh, let me do this. And you kind of step away, L, and you look at the tree, and you realize that the tree is not just a tree, that the tree has grown uh, a torso and shoulders and has antlers coming from the willow branches of uh, the like top canopy of the tree, and the figure of the Bendu has grown out of your staff. Bestie! He's not dead! And you look back at the Grand Mistress, and her eyes have glowed this uh, incredible blue, like intense bright blue from a light source that seems like unworldly powerful coming from her eyes. And from her back, you see the standing figure of a 12-foot-tall woman made entirely of blue light with long, flowing hair who is holding with one hand the Grand Mistress who at all other times seems to be floating but is now sitting in the palm of this massive woman. And from this, uh, this, this glowing blue woman, you hear these words. Brother Bendu, this belongs to you and from seemingly nowhere she pulls out a very real very large sack of gold and gems and hands it over to the figure of the bendu growing from your staff and the bendu says <laughs> i always win my 
that sister. Um, and uh, as uh, the sack of gems and gold is handed over to the Bendu, several spill out, several large gold coins the size of dinner plates, huge gems spill out um, as the spirit of Ashla pays uh, her wager to the Bendu. Um, and he looks over to you, Al, and says, I always knew where to place my money. Just gets kind of a little, like, little smile. Mm-hmm. Um, after which, uh, the Ashla um, recedes. Your staff um, turns back into a staff, and the bulk of the bag of gold and wonders that was paid over to the Bendu disappears with his form, and their staff returns to his staff. And the eyes of the Grand Mistress turns back to normal um, and looks at you all, and, and kind of embarrassed a little bit says, I want you all to know that the bet was an emotional hedge. I always knew that you guys would do it. It's just that. If you didn't, then I would get a bag of gold from a mystical creature, and you've always got to, you know, place your bets. So, uh, always believed in you. Love you. My kind of style. I knew I liked you. Mix and Aukler are just both shell-shocked right now. What just happened in front of them? Uh, the Grand Mistress... Hell's like another fucking Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> this is my life now. The Grand Mistress says, We are all touched by the gods in different ways, and I have had a long-standing relationship with my patron. But my purpose, and the purpose I was chosen for, were fulfilled long ago. And so I feel now that the galaxy is in quite good hands with the four of you and others, um, as she looks over to Master Ugly as well. I have lived far beyond my years, and I feel the call of the force upon my soul. And so I leave you with this. All of you have done me very proud. And you should hold your heads high, because now you are going to be the leaders of this galaxy. And it will be upon your shoulders to show people that light and goodness and balance are always true paths through darkness. Bye-bye. She seemingly disappears, and her clothing falls to the sand below her. What the fuck? Oh my god, she just disappeared. Holy shit, did you guys see that? What the f- She did not tell me any of that. Like, ever. What? That's why you got to get, gotta get the hugs in when you can. Oh my god. No, I, I gave her hugs all the time. I'm good on that. But what the f- So, we need to figure out who's going to be the next Grandmaster. There comes a time in a man's life where he steps up to rise to the occasion. And, uh... Rama, if you don't shut your mouth. Alright, sorry. Master Ukle kind of like looks between Rama and UL and Akala and is like, I was her apprentice. I don't think there's a better person to do it than you. Well, I mean, it's not like our 
our opinions don't count for shit. Sorry. No, like we're not on the council or anything. Right. Yeah. I... Can I pick up my staff? Yeah, you can. <laughs> it needs to be buried in silver, remember? <laughs> no, this one's mine. I get to keep it forever. Um yeah, he kind of just like looks awestruck at what just happened um and collects the the grandmistress's clothes. Over the next several weeks, um, the Jedi Temple mourns the uh, forced ghostification of uh, Master Emmy Grimwald, and she left with you guys the secret that she was um, an avatar of the Ashla, blessed by the Ashla in a similar way that, that El was blessed by the Bendu, um, has kind of been carrying that secret for a long time. Um, through her diaries and uh, notes, she has left a lot of the responsibility to Ugle, so he's naturally made uh, the Jedi's next Grand Master. Um, a couple other world things before we get to individual stuff. Um, Oko Valmine, straight to jails, 1,000 years dungeon. Uh, she is imprisoned um, and she serves, uh, well, she is sentenced to three life sentences. However, um, about 10 years into her sentence, she mysteriously disappears um, into present knowledge. Oko Valneem is missing in somewhere in the galaxy. Um, Maxi Mule uh, becomes a Jedi Master several years into the future by successfully training his first Padawan, which was uh, a uh, Devorian young man named Matisse. Um, he also is promoted to the rank of Master Intelligencer of the Jedi Order, um, making him the foremost uh, authority of law and peacekeeping uh, in the Jedi Order. Um, the last thing is that uh, in the Power and Lights District, um, where the old cave was that the Argonauts uh, breached the surface to go fight the Red Maw, there now stands a large fountain statue. Um, it has all four members of the Argonaut crew, L holding the staff of the Bendu uh, up with both hands, um, Rama with a sword and his hand cannon, um, standing on the body of a uh, dead dragon, kind of artistically stylized in sort of a medieval way, um, with the tail curling around to Akala, holding Solaris and a glowing sword, and then mix and match, um, holding a lightsaber and a glowing gauntlet. As you guys stand in a quartet um, in this fountain statue and water ripples around you, and you guys are known throughout the galaxy as heroes and defenders of the people and the peace. So who wants to start? I mean, I got some business to take care of with everyone here. <laughs> so, I mean, like, <laughs> I can do that last, I can do that first, either way. Sure. Akala, what happens? Okay, so in between, I think, like that meeting at the, with the Jedi Council and the Chancellor and uh, maybe sometime before uh, the whole thing with Master Grimwald, um, 
Akala goes to gather both Elle and Rama because she hasn't spoken to either of them really um, in a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think because I guess Rama would still be staying at the Jedi Order for the for the time being. Um, Else crashing on Cecil's couch. <laughs> as, as always, return to form. From the beginning. <laughs> it's a way nicer couch now. She's so way more important than she used to be. It's like a leather sectional. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I think maybe she calls them both to her, uh, her quarters. Um. Hi. Um. It's been a while. How did everything go? Well, uh, the galaxy's not. In, right, like, right, yes. I Stuck in darkness, right. so. I did need to come save both good. of your asses, but, like, I, I meant in the, in the meantime. I had the situation entirely under control, but uh, it was good to see you for moral support. Right, right. <laughs> Probably still have like, stitches from the <laughs> yeah, rolling yeah. death rolls. Literally just got out of the hospital bed to come. <laughs> Talk. Um, Rama is oh, just uh, a helmet in a hospital gown right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you met Aaron, right? Yeah. What um what happened there? That's Oh, so uh Monkey got the orb of the one mind and gained sentience and uh Yeah, he's like that now. I'm guessing you let Digo be in charge of it for a short period of time and that's how Monkey got it probably. Man, you really did know this crew pretty well. <laughs> I kid you not. He was, uh, he was playing. I was gonna say Mario Kart. What did we name it in this universe? I think, uh, yeah, I think it was a, a space cart, a, a Star Wars skin Mario Kart. Um, uh, pod racing. Pod, pod racing. Yeah, he was playing pod racing kart at uh, <laughs> with Match and. I mean, in fairness, Monkey could turn invisible. That's true. Yeah, but, you know, we... I mean, you've seen the debrief that we wrote up about what happened on uh, Rhodia and... What's the other planet? Kashyyyk? Kashyyyk? Yeah, Kashyyyk, and then, so... then Lee Han was where the final battle took place. Oh, yeah, and then Lee Han, so... Yeah. Well, um... During that time, I, as you probably noticed, had some self-growth. Um, I, I have something for you both. Um, and she takes out of her pocket three pieces of jewelry. One is a ring, one is a necklace, and one is a bracelet. Um, and she, it looks like it's made out of, like, three different textures there's a light metal there's a darker metal and there is um streaks of yellow and it's all just kind of like a mishmash of melded together metal but the the yellow in them is like very like jarring and like bright um when i was making solaris i had a few extra pieces of soul left over um and I thought if you if you wanted them 
I... I made these for you. If you want them. Did you, like, have one in mind for us, or do I... No, no, no. Je- which, whichever one you want. Yeah, I was just going to grab the ring. <clears throat> what were the other two ones? Because I, I thought I was thinking ring. It was a, it was a necklace and a bracelet. Uh, oh, I kind of like the necklace. <laughs> can I uh, <clears throat> just kind of grab the necklace there? If, uh, <clears throat> can you help me with this? I can't put it over the helmet. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna have to take the helmet off to put it Here, on. Here, I, I, I've got it, and Aqua helps you put it on. <laughs> uh, thanks. I'm glad it wasn't an earring. I'm a or <clears throat> set of them. I'm missing one of those now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just thought we could, you know, have something to keep us together, connected. Being apart for you is definitely some of the longest months I've ever had. I appreciate it. I'm glad you like them. Uh, I'm going to turn around and give Akala a hug. Um, I'm not wearing the construction armor exosuit, so I'm not crushing her. (laughs) 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 Just, uh, which is, I mean, I'm still, you know, (laughs) Mm. helmet's going to make it awkward, but I'm going to wrap her up in my hospital gown. (laughs) Um, Elle, could you, could you give us a minute? Yeah. Uh, walks out (laughs) and just, just kind of turns and walks out. Right. Uh, usually it's, uh, me who gives people a minute. Did you misspeak, or am I missing something? No, I, um, I wanted to thank you, Rama, um, for coming to see me before, before you left. It was something that I really, really needed, and, um, yeah, I just, thank you. You would have done the same for me, kid. I would, but you're the one that actually did it. Thanks for coming back. I uh, I actually didn't have the situation under control. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Don't worry. Ah, damn, like... <clears throat> just glad to have the old you back. Or rather, better you back. I knew you back. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna, like... For a little bit of context here, um, I want to say that, like... Akala, like, at least for you, Rama, definitely, like, seems like a new person. Like, you've never seen Akala, like, <laughs> in a in this sort of, like, weightless and, like, bouncy, almost, like, good mood before. Like, it's it's almost yeah. like she's a new person. It's, uh, something different about you. You've been hanging out with Mix and Match a lot or something? Yeah, um, I mean, I did a lot of growing, um did a lot of <laughs> I gotta say weed I'm so sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry no, serious serious um I started a garden um that really helped um you know, just peaceful routine um but I I have wanted to start a garden for 30 years <laughs> uh could you uh teach me of course yeah um I can show you later. I, I mean, I'm, I grow mostly flowers, um, but yeah, it's it's really easy. Do you think you can grow a rose? Of course. 
I think I just found my next career. I think it'll work beautifully for you. That's so sweet. <laughs> Thanks, Han. Oh. Um, uh, on your way out, do you think you could grab L for me? Yeah, I knew you guys were having a private conversation when I tell you I made rooms. And I'm gonna scoot out. And L, are you like ear to the wall listening in, or you? Because that's what I would uh, do, but you're not me. <laughs> no, uh, when uh, Akula asked for a moment, L just kind of left. <laughs> I imagine like Ow. just like the standing out in the hallway, like the teacher asks you to go out in the hallway type situation, <laughs> but I don't know. L. No. No, he, he left. God damn it. Can I call you? Al is straight up in a taxi my... right now, like, driving somewhere. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're up... at the Jedi Order, El would have just been uh, probably just wandering around. Like, I'm going to call up El on the, my holo, wrist hollow communicator. <clears throat> Please pick up, pick up, pick up. <laughs> Don't send me the voice message. <laughs> Don't, are you are you kidding? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, I I think pro- Rama probably leaves and like a few minutes go by and Akla is like, hey, this, this is isn't going to work. The message. <laughs> um, no, both of you to assume that El had recorded a, a voicemail. It's either the default or it's Cecil. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I, the hollow number you tried to like... reach is unavailable. Please leave a message after the tone. Akla is going to send a text to El saying your turn. L reacts to it with a thumbs up. <laughs> and heads back that way. Uh, as Rama passes L, um, he's going to very obviously see uh, L is walking toward the room and be like, I was going to call you, but uh, looks like you already knew it's the force thing going on. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Keep walking. <laughs> it's just so funny to like, and I know we're at the end, but it's just like Ramo <laughs> saw El dunk a force entity like in lava and is like, You knew when Akla wanted to talk to you, it's the force. <laughs> you said the same thing. Uh, you get a little knock. Um, yeah, I let you in. Hi. Hi. Um, I heard that your trip to the Kwa village was enlightening. What, um, what exactly did you hear? I mean, I, I talked to Mix a little bit, but they they didn't really want to give me details. I they said it was probably something I should ask you directly about. Yeah, so I um Yeah, well that's where I was um after the fall. It's where I died. Right. Well you didn't Well you well you got injured. No, it's uh where I died and where I came back. Came back? 
Bendu brought me back. I was dead. Dead. A lot of emotions go across her face. Um really quickly. Um Yeah, L L doesn't notice because L's not really like kinda staring, probably like at your shoes and occasionally glancing <laughs> up. Did they did they say how long it was? Um It was a while. A tree grew, so but apparently trees can grow kind of fast with magic, so I don't really uh I don't. Yeah, basically, I was down for a while, came back and kind of had to relearn being alive, I guess. Um, she like walks up to you and takes both of your hands like very caringly. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Not really, but... Not much I can do about it now. Uh, like... When you take Elle's hand, there's this, like... reticence, almost? Like... His hands are kind of rested in yours, but they're not, you don't fully like feel that weight, um, like holding back on that. You know, you don't, you don't have to hide. You don't, you don't have to be strong all the time. I know. There's probably tears welling up in their eyes. Um, she just pulls you into an embrace. Elle just, like, tenses. Not, like, bad, but doesn't quite, like, return it in the same way. Mm -hmm. But lets it happen. I think she can probably sense that. Um, and she pulls back again. You know, you don't, you don't have to be worried about me anymore. Um, and I think she probably has Solaris somewhere in this room. Um, and she points to like the, the crystal on it. Um, that that didn't come to me easily. That... That wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been able to confront all of my mistakes and all of my insecurities and overcome them. Like, <laughs> last little bit. Yeah, Akala, I'm not worried about you. I'm almost never really worried about you. You've always been able to pull through from anything. I should tell you something. 
when... The day you disappeared... I... I felt you hit the ground. From... Planets away. So... You can imagine... <laughs> my confusion when you showed up at that bar again. And at that point, it had been a few years, but I had thought that I had fully healed from that, but that's obviously not true. But now I can say that I have... I don't really know what to say to that. It's not your fault. Nothing was your fault. As Akala says the words, it's not your fault. You two share a momentary psychic vision. If you remember way back from when you guys first touched after Elle came back to life, that hug in Elle's old apartment and the imagery of the sun and the moon clashing together in that light, you guys now, <clears throat> at the end of this journey, have a new psychic vision in this moment of reconciliation and acknowledgement. You see both in your in your mind's eye, your eye connected to the force, you see a sunrise and a moon setting. Or maybe is it the sun setting and the moon rising? These two planetary bodies, so different and yet so inextricably connected in a cycle, are they chasing after one another or running away from one another? Or, just maybe, are they always in balance? And you have that psychic vision. I think Elle pulls you in for a hug after that. Yeah, she returns it. Um, she's also probably a little teary-eyed. Um, I got your letter. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't get your bones taken by a force ghost. <laughs> I am too. And I have to be very honest. I did. I did rip your letter in half. I I wasn't in the best mood whenever I read it. Um, but... Yeah, that's why I didn't come in person. Because I feel like that would have been me, so... But, um... I got you a new one, and she pulls out an envelope that is uh, has your name on it. Grab it. <laughs> kind of looks at you expectantly and opens it up. Um, I... 
keep in mind, I I wrote that a little while ago. When I was still a bit... turbulent? Um... But there are some things that you should probably hear in there. And if you... If you don't want to read it, I understand. If you want to read it later, I don't know if I'd be able to stay in the room while you read it. I... It's, it's yours. It's up to you. Okay. Okay. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll kind of... Yeah, I think I'll take like, a step back and um, says... See you around. Yeah, I'll see you around. And uh, leaves, and once the door opens, immediately opens, or once the door closes, immediately opens that fucking letter. Okay. You open it, and um, I think it's written on like that long, like memo type paper, like that to do list type paper. Um, so it's oh, like the yellow pad paper. No, 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 no. Like, like the sticky note type paper. Like, it's like long. Yeah, long yeah I know long. what you're talking about. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's what matters. <laughs> like um, a pad. No. no. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'll, I'm just I'll traumatized. Find a, so I'll continue. find a picture later. Yeah, Ignore not everything's me. about law school, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And, yeah, it's written on a few of those, I think. Um, and it's written in her lovely, probably immaculate handwriting. Yeah. It says, L, you may not ever see this, and if you don't, I think that's okay. I've long accepted things will never be the same. I'm wishing every day for your safety. You, Rama, M0, Digo, whoever else may be with you. I regret not being there to help with the artifacts, but that's through my own fault. I know that. I'll skip the details for now, but I wanted you to know I am healing. Slowly. I'm finding confidence and strength in everyday affairs. I hope to someday become the Akala you once knew, but I think right now I'm still far away from that. You deserve at least that much. The thing is, I don't feel better. I don't know if I ever will. But maybe someday I'll be able to feel whole again. I think I can already feel it growing. You were right about love being a tricky thing. It's intentional. But you should hear it at least once. I did love you. Perhaps I still do. Maybe I always will. How can the waves of the shore ever roll the same after they've lost their moon? Through all of this, I'll always know one thing to be true. You will always be my best friend, however painful that may be for us to hear. Your kindness and sincerity will always guide me. Always know, wherever your journey may take you, next time you're alone, next time you're scared, next time you're hurting, the force keeps us together and I'll be right there with you. May you find serenity just as I am. You are the balance that this galaxy needs. Till we meet again, Haka.
hates that. Tears kind of trailing down his cheeks and smiles a little bit. Remembers what Akala just said to him and tears it in half. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah, he tears it in half. Um, probably keep it on for him for a minute, but throw it away once he's read it a couple times. Um, roll me a perception check. Uh, 18. You tear up this letter and you throw it away, and you walk down the hallways of the Jedi Temple Complex, and for a moment, you get this, like, prickling sense in the back of your neck that, like, like, it's that weird feeling of, like, that sixth sense of, like, you know something that you left somewhere just got moved, but, like, it's such a fleeting, ephemeral sense you're, like, you kind of don't trust it, and you keep walking on. Um, a little droid, Match, uh, does pick up something more concrete. Around the corner in the trash bin in which you left your letter, uh, Match floating captures a little video of Master Kobe Cornelius uh, fishing the torn pieces of paper out of the trash bin, looking at them, reading some of them, thinking better of reading the rest of it, and just uh, with a little flick of his wrist, reconstitutes it and keeps that. Uh, but you don't know about that. So don't worry about that. Um, just for the record, Oculus still has hers. It's just ripped in half. <laughs> she didn't throw it away. She still has it. <laughs> Akala, um, we're going to jump into the future to continue with your story. Um, there's some things that you uh, would like to do. So let's talk about them. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, kick us off. Great. After the events of the battle with Telemax, Akala returned to her life at the Jedi Temple, where she quickly returned the dagger, Aluaridae, back to the Grandmaster for safekeeping. She continued to see herself as a work in progress after her fall to the dark side, and continuously sought to rebuild the character she felt she had fractured, though most of those around her could see her progress was inspiring. The biggest obstacle came with Solaris. It had been many months since seeing her partner in the Force, and with building feelings of both past betrayal and massive change, Akula was nervous to come face to face with Sol, now Solaris, once again. Her progress was slow, but meaningful, and after many weeks of intense meditation, the two were reconnected now stronger than ever. Akula's time with the Easy Company did not go forgotten. She visited her squadmates, Tether, Fredred, and Melanie frequently. And then a few years down the line, it was time for Akala to train her first Padawan. A young human girl with immense promise in her training, but also immense emotional turbulence, came in need of a master. Bugle saw this as a challenge well fit for Akala, and Akala took it in stride. The girl, named Ikomi, made fast progress, but not without setbacks. The biggest challenge came with her quick temper and impatience. Akala found herself passing down many of her own master's teachings, 
concerning self-control, meditation, and forgiveness. Through lots of hard lessons learned in the field and many moments of vulnerability, the two bonded greatly, and Akala was able to lead Ikomi into knighthood without further issue. This triumph cemented Akala as the newest Jedi Master in the Order. Akala's legacy became a point of strength in the Order as she stood as a leader among them. Her garden flourishes to this day. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> since we're on you, Han, um, what happens to Mix after the events of all of this? Yeah, um, so uh, they're just, they're still pouring silver. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> that's it, that's all. Um, yeah, so I don't have any, like, amazing roleplay moments planned for Mix, but, um, after returning back to the Order from their journey with the Argonauts, Mix and Match return to life as normal. Though not without a new love for field missions. Taking into account their Jedi Master's love for giving and the Argonauts' spirit for good, Mix began to take more initiative to help out those in need around the galaxy. Of course, they could never go without practicing their passion. After keeping in touch with Poku, aka Valkyrie, and the rest of his crew, Mix and Match started working on custom builds for their missions including weapons, armor, and other gadgets. It became a fun challenge for everyone involved. Mix and Match remain a warm and accessible presence at the Jedi Order, always there to solve a problem, fix a lightsaber, or be a friend. And this is my little flavor uh, for Mix, because the gift that you were given by the Quah, the gauntlet that had uh, Quah spaceport technology, allowed you to communicate with droids uh, through the force, meaning that you have, you could cast force powers through droids, which is an entirely new study of uh, the practitioner of the force and uh, of technology. And Mix, I think it is only fitting that you become the foremost expert and leader on uh, force imbued technology. So I think one of your side projects in, in, uh, as you, in your growing uh, age is uh, working on that. Um, and I wanted to include that if you uh, if you like if you don't like it we don't. Yeah, of course. I um, love my characters getting power. <laughs> love it. Excellent. Um, let's move on to uh, Rama, uh, Brennan. Yeah, uh, we are going to cut to the thorn uh, landing down on the scenic rolling hills of Alderaan. Uh, Rama, through the Republic, you have. Uh, accrued a, a plenty of credits to retire um, through your share of the bounty for Okovalnim, um, and you have found yourself a plot of land on Alderaan, um, and you are on your way to sign the papers transferring the deed to your name from a, a old farmer that owned this plot of land before you, um, and you are on your ship as it comes in for a landing, and you're walking into your cargo hold, and you notice some strange noises coming from one of the cryo lockers. You hear some like Ow. shuffles, some God bump. damn, we got some space riff raff. I'm gonna pull out the <laughs> I'm gonna pull out the sword and then raise it up and like kick open the door. Uh yeah, so in one of your freezer lockers you find uh Digo and Aaron who have stowed away on your ship to come with you to Alderaan, um, and uh, Aaron has Digo in a headlock, and he says, I told you that we should have been quiet, but you wanted to start a fight. If this damn droid does not go of me, I'm going to blow up this whole ship. I swear to God, spending 
two weeks with you in this freezer has really chaffed my hide. Ah, I've got three cryo containers. Why didn't you just take separate ones? You didn't need to cram into one. We were trying to be discreet because you wouldn't let us come with you. Uh, look, guys. Sometimes a man has got to know when he's got to put the blasters in the holster and ride off into the sunset. I'm going to miss you both. All right? Sorry. But Rama, it... We really do support your retirement, but you're... Oh, sh- shit, is that Telemax naked? I'm going to, like, point off into the distance. No, Rama, we're having this discussion. You are 32 years old. That is way too young to retire. There's so many fun things that I'm we can do with all of your money. I'm going to just them both into an escape pod, even though we're on the planet, and fire it off the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You straight up shove both of them into an escape pod as they are still trying to plead their case to, like hang out with you during your retirement and convince you to, like, go on adventures with them. Uh, you straight up fire them into the atmosphere, like, with your ship through the escape pod. Um, and, uh, you, uh... So I clap my hands and turn around. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and you go over to sign the deed, uh, from this farmer who just watched this escape pod launch from your ship, and and he just is kind of, like, chewing on a piece of grass and looks at you and says... Yeah, well, so the roof is still a little leaky, and uh, you're going to want to change the gutter system. But besides that, this house has really served us well for for a long time, and uh, we're really hoping you enjoy the property and all that. So you just need to sign your initials here to take over the house. And uh... Uh, uh, You got it. Thank you, sir. I'm going to grab the pen and start signing. Right, so you uh, you get your new house, this scenic rolling place on Alderaan um, with a pasture of... Uh, some farm animals uh, with a rocking chair on the front porch. It's really everything that you ever dreamed of. Um, and that night, you're uh, you're sitting on your rocking chair, kind of taking in the view, uh, and you go into your house uh, to to kind of go to sleep. And uh, you turn on one of the lights, and you uh, you have this surreal moment where you see uh, the the specter of old Davy uh, standing in your house um, and uh, he says to you well howdy there Mr. Knight uh, old Davy thought you was dead that means this is a dream welcome to my retirement uh, sit down we can have a glass of whiskey together I am dead and this might be a dream but the whiskey sounds mighty nice Ah, you got it. <laughs> Go and pick up some Western-themed whiskey and pour it into a highball and sit down and put my Amanda Stor- Mandalorian straw in and start slurping. Uh, you have a conversation with old Davy. Um, now, Rama, a lot of... Uh, a lot went on said between the two of us before I went and gone perish with my old wife Debbie, and I'm I'm mighty re- enjoying my death and all that. But I gotta tell you, man, you're far too talented to be sitting on your laurels like this. I mean, I lived to damn near 164, and I wasn't really ready to pull up the gauntlets myself. And I'm just worried that you're gonna get bored out here, man. You know what I'm saying? I got two questions. One is, uh, aren't you a human? Yes. Did you say 164? Yes. Alright. 
Well, that was both questions. Uh, maybe one more. I don't know. Becoming a knight's one thing, training another's another. Now, Rama, I think being real with each other, being a knight and being a hero, it's not about the job, all right? It's not about the money. It's about your friends. And don't you think that there's just maybe one or two or maybe a couple dozen things missing from this here farmhouse, old boy? All right. Say no more, Davy. I'll get you out there. I'm gonna holster up and and uh, yeah. Rama returned to Coruscant and petitioned Maxi vigorously for his bounty hunting license to be reinstated. He was having none of it. The two negotiated in an impassioned back and forth until it finally ended with Rama on top. Maxi received Rama's petition and in exchange, Rama had to pay a hefty fee from his new fortune and promised never again to cause unreasonable mayhem in public or else be personally punished by Maxi himself. With the bounty hunter license reinstated, Rama took Aaron and Digo on as his crew, flying around the galaxy in the thorn. In between bounties, Rama kept busy by giving horrible life advice to Aaron and confiding his deep-rooted romantic loneliness to Digo. He was inexplicably grumpy about the whole manner. You really got to understand where I'm coming from here, Rama. Like, seriously? You're hot? And I don't know, like, how to make this happen. It's just, you know, sometimes... Sometimes a man's gotta know he's got more thorns than petals if he were rose as a man that were. Straight up, are we going to fuck? <laughs> uh, wouldn't you like to know? While Rama never did regain status <laughs> among the Mandalorian clans, he had to come to peace with his standing. His notoriety in combat and his unique experience in dealing with cataclysmically powerful force entities earned him a spot as a consultant for clans in the system, providing him enough credits to keep the thorn perpetually fueled and manned. For decades on, Rama, Aaron, and Digo became known as the Rose Knights, the second or third or fourth most feared bounty hunter in the crew, depending or in the galaxy, depending on who you ask. Their misadventures included finding and losing the Darksaber, nearly nabbing some of the galaxy's top criminals, and getting blacklisted by the Jedi Order almost monthly for violating terms of his agreement with Maxi. Rama stayed close with the other Argonauts throughout his career, visiting Akala and dropping by Mix and Mattress Forge for near equipment whenever Maxi summoned him back to the temple. El, of course, was a little more aloof, but they always seemed to find Rama when they needed him most. But all good things must come to an end. It's unclear when Rama became one with the Force, or even if he's still out there. But what is known is that those nights carried on long after Rama's tired body could ever have lasted. To this day, there is some who say there's a hermit deep in the prettiest plot of land in Alderaan, who can be seen watching the sunrises every morning. His face is always just hidden from view, but even from a distance, one can see his head gazing upward at the stars, disappearing one by one with the coming dawn. Beautiful. Love that. Uh, 
Happily Ever After Ferrama. Uh, L, what's up with you? Yeah, uh, so after that situation, L does what L does, which is find Cecil and Dish. Um, yeah, you guys definitely start, like, you guys, like, order takeout and have the full Manny Petty night of the hero's yeah. dreams of just, like, you gotta spill everything to your bestie who has not seen you in months, right? Who has been, you know, she's yeah. she's ready to hear it. All the stuff, every single thing that happens, all, like, and it's so funny because, uh, L like goes into detail with everything basically since they left Coruscant and then like really briefly is like okay so yeah that's where I died and came back and then like go keeps going shut up on, you died and, like, and came back like <laughs> for real you died yeah like when I was gone I was dead and they buried me and then a tree grew and then I came out of the tree or something or the ground I don't really remember that checks out. That's really hot. You should put that on your bio. How do I put that on the bio? Like how? How? Many... Like on your Tinder or whatever. No, no, I know how the bio works, but like, I was dead and then I became a tree, kinda. Just save the just world. Say that you're like space Jesus. Who the fuck is Jesus? <laughs> the universe shatters as the fourth wall is broken. <laughs> what, you haven't heard of this up-and-coming thing called Christianity yet? <laughs> Ancient mythological figure, don't worry about okay, it. Okay, what if Zoroastrianism sucked? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you dish out all this information to Cecil. Yeah, and then all the, the stuff about Akala and L being like, like, I wanted to say something, but I can't say something because I have all these feelings. And I know that she's like, she's like grown and moved on and adjusted. And I'm kind of still dealing with it. And that's not really her problem. But like, I don't, I don't really know. It's kind of hard to just talk to her or be around her, honestly. And I feel real bad about it. But so you had the opportunity to say I love you and you didn't. Oh, that's so you're still yeah, well, so messy and I love it. You just, you <laughs> tore up the letter just because she said that she, I don't know. I love this for you, but also the like dramatic bitch in I me is like, I can't believe you didn't say it. I, I mean, I can't say it because even if she said it back, it wouldn't be the same. <sighs> and I can't kiss her again. I don't think that, I don't think that was the move. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that might kick off a whole nother galactic adventure and then you have to save the world again and then we're just back to square one and what what good is that, you know? Kind of wish I had, though. Well, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to get their kisses in? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so now I guess I'm... Elle, uh, <laughs> who has had the staff of the vendor just leaning up against this, like, little futon that uh, Cecil is now painting his nails on. Like now, I guess I just kind of, I guess that's mine now. It's a priceless artifact. Yeah, what? older it's a than tree recorded staff. history. Very cool. Yep. I guess I gotta like help the balance of the galaxy now. You just gotta be yourself, I think. But yeah. So, uh, guess you're gonna go off into the wide galaxy again looking like that i uh 
feel like Coruscant's kind of... They're as balanced as they want to be. That's good. It's uh, safe-ish now. Yeah, I mean, it's still a fucked up city, but it's as good as it really can be. Um, and I imagine it'd be weird, like, living in a place that has a giant fountain statue of, like, yourself. It'd be... It's so fucking weird. Yeah. You're kind of too... You're all kind of too famous to stick around. Yeah. Also, I, like, donate... I gave you, like, 100,000 credits, so I feel like I've done my piece. Oh, yeah. I've uh, I've established a children's library and three orphanages with the money that you gave us, so we're, <laughs> we're rocking and rolling. Oh, well, yeah. High five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I'm still come visit, though. Of course, yeah. Whenever you need your nails done, um... Yeah, you'll always be my boo and my roomie. Um, yeah, I'm not about to start paying for hotels when I visit either. Oh, and you got this really nice couch. Yeah, the couch is uh, is nice. Um, there's sort of something I want to tell you. I'm having a baby. What? And... For reasons that I'm sure you'll relate to, I can't tell you who the father is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause I just might be in the Jedi. <gasps> Cecil, I, I told you I died and came back. I know, and so I'm telling Who am I gonna tell? Who am I gonna tell? I am the champion of the Bendu, arbitrator of the neutral balance of the force and I will give you an oath on my name and on my staff that secret would die with me well good because I want you to be the godfather anyway oh my god I love kids <sighs> she uh tells you of a uh, young, hot-headed Jedi uh, knight who uh, has not been a part of this story, um, but is a close friend of one Maxi Mule. Uh, his name is uh, is James uh, Thibel, uh who is uh, has fallen in love with your dear friend um, and has been carrying on a secret affair. Um, does does he know? Yeah, we're we're working it out. He just has to uh, not get in trouble, and we'll be fine. I'm not worried. I'm really. I think we're gonna be okay. You're not worried at all. Not one single part of you. I mean, I figured after everything, like, it probably couldn't get as bad as, like, the whole power and lights district blowing up, you know? So I figure, like, as long as I got my friends and my family, we're going to figure it out. And I got some pretty uh, amazing friends. So, you know, it's not like I don't know a dirty secret or two about a certain uh, galactic hero or two. So... <laughs> you are absolutely insane. Yes. 
Uh, I grab her, do a hug, and give her a kiss on the head. <laughs> and you guys share this sweet moment together. Um, oh, we talk about baby stuff. Yeah. I'm going to be an uncle. <sighs> and a godfather. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else uh, happens in Elle's life after this point? Um, okay. Uh, also need to have a heart-to-heart with Master Cornelius about, hi, remember that one time you couldn't find me? Yeah. Because I was actually dead. Uh, yeah. Um, you talk to Kobe Cornelius um, and have uh, a deep conversation about how everybody was sort of right, that you did die and did disappear. And uh, Is there anything like you in character want to say to him? Um... I don't know. I think just like, I just want to know. I just want him to be like, okay, does he go back to being a master? L comes and visits and checks in all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Kobe stays a, a master of the Jedi Order. Um, after he learns about um, not only your death and rebirth and like what happened there, like he you, he tells you that he has like a deep sense of relief that like, it wasn't his fault that like some like very otherworldly things happened. Um, he decides to dedicate himself, however, to like understanding the Qua. And now that their purpose has been fulfilled, um, I think that he sets up a Jedi temple on Rodia, where the temple of the Bendu was, um, to not only like learn more about the Qua and sort of like help them with their transition into mortality as they sort of fade from the galaxy um but also to like learn more about like their history and secrets to kind of continue on their legacy with a temple um sort of dedicated to the bendu um on rhodia um so that is kind of what he gets up to but he is always available to take your calls and, and your visits l um of course yeah I don't. I don't know if I have anything I want to say in character. Does he ever say anything about that note? I think the note and whether or not he ever gives it to you is a mystery that we leave up to, uh, just the ether of the story. That you know what happens to that. I think is left undecided. I think me and Rob both know, but we're just not going to tell you. I think so too. Um. Yeah, but aside from that, I have a little thing written I can read if people want me to do that. Please do that. Um, Elle's future, I think, is pretty simple. He tells Master Cornelius everything. After tying up loose knots with the Jedi Council, I think that Elle sees life as an opportunity to repay the Bendu for the second chance. Um, if the Bendu is falling out of power as the Ashla and Bogan rise again, I think El works to sow the seeds of the Bendu's eventual return, whether that's decades or centuries down the line. He spends time securing Force-sensitive artifacts, protecting lost history, I assume now that we know that those portals are popping up, um, dealing with those as necessary, until the calling to do so dies down. He keeps in touch with Cecil, obviously, as the weeks and years go by, visiting as time permits, and 
Oh, this isn't an issue. I wrote that he'll do what he can to keep Rama from hooking up with Cecil, by the way, but it uh, <laughs> looks like that's not an issue because she got a baby daddy, so. <laughs> um, Ianakala talk. And then I wrote an ellipses. And I think similarly to the letter from that Kopi Cornelius owns, how their relationship evolves or changes, um, just kind of left out in the ether. I like to think eventually he goes back to the planet where he was born, the one where all those years ago he was taken from an orphanage into the Jedi Temple um, and settles down eventually, looking after the children there, providing a refuge for Force-sensitive individuals outside of the Jedi Order who maybe don't have that life path for them. Um, nowhere near the same scale of the Jedi, obviously. Um, but I was always interested in the simpler, smaller things. I think eventually he falls in love, starts a family, and lives out life content in the middle of nowhere, fixing things that need fixing, helping others, just like he did on Coruscant. The Argonauts were remembered by the Republic and the galaxy for many years as the foremost heroes of the age. As their legend grew, the truth of their exploits became blurred over time. History became legend, legend turned into myth. What did remain true is that the legend of the Argonauts attracted adventure and prestige and each of them gained notoriety in their own lives. However, this notoriety attracts new adventures, new rivals, and new challenges. The Infinite Empire is gone, but evil in the galaxy still lies in wait. So what happened to the Argonauts? Who knows? For it all happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, shit, that's a wrap.